0: The Batman Universe Comic Podcast.
1: Hey, this is Scott snyder
2: Hi, this is Denny O'Neill. My name is Neil Adams.
1: This is Paul Dini.
2: Hi, my name is Dan
1: This is Kevin Conroy. Hey, this is Francis
2: maniple
0: Hi, this is Jim Lee, and you're listening to the Batman Universe Comic, comic Podcast. Batman Universe Comic Podcast, episode number 186. I am your host, Susan, and today I have with me.
1: This is Ed.
2: And this is Rochelle.
0: And we are bringing you the latest comic news and comic book reviews from the past three weeks because a, because March had three uh, five Wednesdays, that is, so we have an additional week to cover. In this episode, we will be covering Batman number 50, as well as the final three issues of Batman Eternal. We also have a lengthy discussion about Batman, uh, DC Rebirth. That is not Batman re- re- Rebirth, um, but DC Rebirth, and specifically dealing how it deals with the Batman universe. Uh, we also have numbers to discuss, solicitations for June, which include Rebirth and uh, all kinds of stuff. So we have sales numbers for February. I think I just said that. If I didn't, I'm saying it again. We have all kinds of stuff to to cover. So we're gonna jump straight into we're gonna jump straight into comic news. The very first thing we are going to discuss is DC Rebirth, because that's basically the gist of the majority of the news and how it all spawns out from that. If you had not known, because you may not have listened to the previous episode that we uh, released uh, prior to Easter and Batman vs Superman, you got enthralled with Batman vs Superman, so much so that you forgot that there was a press conference on March 26th dealing with DC announcing what exactly Rebirth was, and if you... Still don't know what nope. rebirth is. Um, rebirth is that thing that they started hinting at back in January that we've been talking about on almost every episode since January. But hey, we're here to break it down for you so you can exa- you can understand exactly what it is. So, um, if you were lucky enough to listen to episode 185, which was a live commentary that Ed and myself did listening to the press conference and going over it. If you were lucky enough, we appreciate the fact that you guys listened. Uh, we have some comments from that episode that we'll discuss later during our bat signal, but there was a lot of news, a whole lot of news. Uh, some of this stuff we were, you know, some of the rumors that were out there ended up being true. Some of the rumors ended up being completely false. Um, I'll admit I was wrong about where Scott Snyder was landing. Uh, he is not going to be on the Trinity book, which we'll get to in a little while. Um, but there's all kinds of stuff to talk about. So, um, let's just run down the titles themselves and talk about who is on these titles. So, starting with Batman, uh, Batman will be written by Tom King, uh, and it will, and the art will be done by David Finch and Mikkel Janin. Uh, Mikkel Jannon is coming from Grayson if you if, if you've been reading that book. Uh, Detective Comics will be written by James Tinian with art by Eddie Barrows. Nightwing will be written by Tim Seeley. Illustrated by Javier Fernandez and Marcus Toe. Titans will be written by Dan Abnett, illustrated by Brett Booth. Teen Titans will be written by Ben Percy, illustrated by John Boy Myers. Batgirl will be written by Hope Larson, illustrated by Raphael Albuquerque. Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, written by Julie Benson and Shauna Benson, illustrated by Claire Rowe. All and they Star- come
2: from, do you know where they come from?
0: Yeah, we're gonna Peggy go over there in a minute. Oh,
2: okay, okay.
0: They also come from the 100.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 that's what I was
0: thinking. Sorry, somebody else. Yeah, yes, 100. Okay. Um, next, All-Star Batman, written by Scott Snyder, and he's being teamed up with a Stru- We're gonna get a lot more details into this, but he's gonna be teamed up with the who's who of big name artists nowadays, including John Romita Jr., Paul Pope, Sean Gordon, Sean Gordon Murphy, uh, tons more. We're gonna get into more details about All-Star Batman in a little bit. Uh, Trinity will be written by Francis Manipool, our illustrated by Manipool, as well as Clay Mann, who is currently working on Poison Ivy, Cycle of Life and Death. Super Sons will be written by Chris Burns and Dennis Culver, illustrated by Jorge Jimenez. Red Hood and the Outlaws, unfortunately, will be still written by Scott Lobdell, Uh illustrated by Dexter Soy. Batman Beyond will continue to be written by Dan Jurgens, illustrated by Bernard Chang, so no real big changes there. Harley Quinn will continue to be written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Conner, with art by Chad Harden and John Timms. No real changes there. Suicide Squad, written by Rob Williams, illustrated by Jim Lee. Yes, that Jim Lee and Philip Tan. Justice League <laughs> will be written by Brian Hitch, illustrated by Tony Daniel and Fernando Passerin. Deathstroke, which I'm only mentioning because of a couple of the interesting storylines that they, they said were coming, uh, is going to be written by Christopher Priest, Illustrated Whoa. by Carlo Pengualin, Igor v- v- Vitorina, and Felipe Watanabe.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you said them right. Good job.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I'm just gonna roll with it. Two of those artists are coming from uh, some of the final issues of Batman and Robin Eternal. Um, so, bo- so let's just talk about the. Bu- okay, I guess before we get into talking about all of the creative teams, some of the things that they hinted at for some of these books. Um, so, first up, Detective Comics will be a team book. Um, it's specifically focusing... The way they described it was, picture a Batman boot camp led by Batman and Batwoman, and you've got all of Me. these other characters as part of the team, including Tim Drake. Um, some of the other characters that uh, appear, at least on the cover of the first issue, include uh, Orphan, who will, who's Cassandra Cain. Uh, spoiler... Somehow, Clayface is involved in the first story. I doubt that he's actually part of the team. Um, the cover also revealed that Tim Drake will go back to a more classic version of his costume, but still be called Red Robin as his new emblem shows two R's instead of one. Uh, so that's Detective Comics. Um, some of the other ones, uh, I don't want to get into All-Star Batman because there's a lot to talk about there. We'll get to that in a second. Um, as far as... Uh, let's, let's talk about, uh, Batman written by Tom King. This one will be, uh, a lot of these, if you hadn't noticed, a lot of these, um, a lot of the series that were announced had two artists attached to them. Some of them didn't have two artists attached to them yet because they have yet to lock down a second artist, but a lot of them have two artists. And the reason being is that with two issues coming out per month for a lot of these titles, it's almost impossible to not have two artists on the book. Now, whether or not that's going to take anything away from it, I don't know. I don't know exactly how they're going to structure the stories, if they're just going to run through it. It's going to be different from book to book. Perfect example is, uh, and this is just kind of a said, this is kind of just another thing that has nothing to do with the Batman universe. So Greg Rucka is returning to DC Comics since he left way back when he was writing Detective Comics and he was writing Batwoman in the pages of Detective Comics He left DC Comics after having a disagreement about Batwoman. He's Mm -hmm. now back. He's going to be writing Wonder Woman, and he specifically said that they're going to be telling two separate stories per month in the issues that are coming out. So Wonder Woman will have two issues, one telling more of like a Wonder Woman year one type story in one issue, and the other one's telling a current present day story. So that's an interesting way of breaking it up. You could definitely do that. We've seen that done to a degree in Batman and Robin Eternal and Batman Eternal with flashbacks taking place and having different artists do the flashbacks compared to the main art for the present-day story. So that's entirely possible, but we don't know exactly the details of all the books. That's just one example as to how it could go because that was one of the few creators that actually said how the two issues per month was going to actually end up working out. But the basic gist is that there's a lot of different characters that are going to be... Uh, focused on in a number of uh, a number of these these series um, over in the pages of Batman uh, Duke Thomas will be also included in that title James Gordon will be back as Commissioner which we'll get to in a little bit as to how that occurs um, but there's the, there's also two characters featured on the cover which we don't know who they are yet but they're there so that's the main book now Batman is in fact even though Scott Snyder will not be writing it. It will in fact still be the main Batman book without, with, throughout the Batman universe. Um, over in Nightwing, we're going to see, the, the big thing here is that, uh, Nightwing's going back to the classic black and blue instead of black and red as it was at the beginning of the new 52.
2: Thank goodness.
0: Um, but th- other than that, there's not a whole lot to discuss there because we don't know, it's gonna have to, that, uh, whatever's going to happen in Nightwing is gonna spin out of Grayson towards the in the next couple months um batgirl has a new creative team completely new creative team i thought it was interesting i mentioned this when ed and i were uh, giving our commentary for the press conference rafael albuquerque who when you when you think about rafael albuquerque connected to batgirl the most connection he's had to batgirl outside of working with scott snyder which on jim gordon stuff here and there he was linked last June, June of 2015, to that uh, mm-hmm. Killing Joke that cover that everyone yep. that went up. It, it went nuts. It went crazy up more. And that's yeah. his work. So it's interesting that he's going to be on the book. But Batgirl is good, uh, though. It does look good. Batgirl is leaving Burnside. She's going to be traveling overseas, uh, specifically in Asia. She's going to be linking up with Katana. She's going to be finding herself as the creator the Hope Larson actually stated, so, uh, that's what's gonna be changing there. Um, over in the pages of Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, uh, the trinity of characters such as Barbara Gordon, Dinah, and Helena are all coming back together. Okay. Um, the creative team of Julie and Shauna Benson, uh, are best known for their current work on the TV show The 100, which is on the CW. Um, they are, they, they specific, which, there's a couple different things that they said. One, Helena is going to be getting back to her, uh, crime family origin where she, you know, her father is a crime boss. Um, we also know that, uh, they, it's weird because they did say Dinah Drake instead of Dinah Lance, which was an interesting, I don't know if that was a mix up or what. But... I just think
1: that was a mix up from what, as I kind of remember.
0: Yeah. I, I could, I couldn't tell for sure. I just, I think it's worth mentioning, but, the other thing was that, uh, there's someone else in the book that will be calling themselves Oracle, but it's not Barbara right. Gordon. So, well, we'll yeah, I wonder
2: it. if the assumption will be Frankie.
0: That was my assumption immediately, but then again, Frankie might disappear as well. Oh gosh. Who knows? All right. Uh, Harley Quinn, nothing's really changing there. Red Hood and the Outlaws, nothing's really changing there. I, I don't know why Scott
1: Lovedell keeps getting to do Red Hood and Outlaws. Honestly, this, in my they mind, got- just. <laughs> I think, the, I, I think there was a story online that he's got a picture of Dan DiDio naked or something. Yeah,
0: I heard that too. I heard something, he must have some sort of blackmail material on somebody. Um, now, so there's a, as far as, uh, Damien goes, uh, Damien will in fact be the leader of the new Titans. Uh, the Titans title, um, is actually going, or, not Titans, I should say. It's the Teen Titans. He's gonna be leading the Teen Titans. Nobody on the team actually wants him to be leading the team. But he believes it's his rightful, you know, his rightful. His uh, destiny. Yeah, his destiny to lead the team because he is the, he is a Robin and it's, you know, that's, that's that. So, uh, he but he will also, his- yeah, he, yeah, he will also be in the pages of a book called Super Sons, which actually will focus on, let me get this correct because I don't read the Superman stuff right now, but pre-flashpoint Lois Lane and Clark Kent had a child named Jonathan Kent. Jonathan Kent is the son of Clark and Lois. Pre- Pre-Flashpoint Clark and Lois have been living in secret in the New 52 universe, even though that, even though that, you know, they're from the pre-Flashpoint universe. And the pre-Flashpoint Clark Kent, who is also Superman, will be headlining action comics, and his son will be manifesting his powers in the pages of Super Sons, and will be teamed up with Damien. Sounds about right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I could have put that any other way, but that's, that's basically the gist. So we've got Damien in two separate books. Um, if you were looking for Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason amongst the creator names, uh, they are actually going to be in there. the pages of Superman. They're going to be teaming back up together and writing and, and working on Superman, the actual Superman series themselves. So they will be leaving the Batman universe. Um, so before we get into All Star Batman, which is going to take a quite some time to 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 hash out all the details for that, <clears throat> um, oh, I I guess I forgot to mention the other the other one thing that I that uh, even though there was no changes in the pages of Batman Beyond as far as the creative team, Terry McGinnis will be returning in the pages of uh, Batman Beyond. So that that was kind of uh, one of the interesting points from that. Um, outside of that, that's it. So. Out of those things, before we get into All Star and the actual solicitations for what we can expect in the coming months, what do you think of that stuff so far?
1: I'm excited by it. I mean, I think that, you know, the day that we were kind of watching all this come across live, especially when they talked about the fact that Detective is going to have, is going to be basically co headlined by Batman and Batwoman, you know? Um, I think that's great having her back in the universe as a focal part. I like almost the way everything. Shook out. To be honest with you, there wasn't anything in it that I really got upset about. The uh, preview art from Albuquerque on Batgirl looked sick, Um, and the rest of it. As long as they can figure out the way to make this art, these art teams work, then I, you know, I think I think it's going to be pretty good. I'm not still not sure what they're going to do with the actual rebirth thing because they were kind of, you know, low on giving us details on how they're going to. I know it's not a reboot. They must have said that twelve times, you know. so I don't know how we're going to reset the continuity for all these characters, but I like what we saw. Um, losing Tomasi did suck, but you know, other than that, you know, I, I'm, I'm very excited by what we saw in, in these new solicits or listings.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of it uh, looks really exciting. I think we're entering uh, a new and different era in the Batman universe um, where you're excited for the Batman and Batwoman team-up. I'm nervous for it because she's been on the outskirts of that family for so long and only pops up when she's absolutely needed in some sort of crisis like basically the Eternals that I wonder what has changed. Um, and it really sounds like Sorry, but it sounds like Marvel's um, Avengers Academy, like you're going to have these two instructors and then they're instructing these people that are going to be on like a Batman force kind of thing. So I, I just don't know how that's going to work. The Birds of Prey I'm looking forward to because it's nice to see the original team sort of back together. I wonder who Oracle is, uh, if she is in fact called Oracle, but her little image was there in the background of the, the preview art. So I can only imagine uh, that it is in fact Oracle. Um, the Helena, I, I guess, can we assume that it is in fact Matron from um, Grayson
0: or no? No, I would not assume that at all because they did okay. say she's returning to her origin story. And the other thing to note about Birds of Prey is that, um, For whatever reason, I guess Jeff Johns is really wanting to get back to the old Birds of Prey. I'm not, I'm not, you know, questioning why he wants to. I'd like to get back to the old Birds of Prey as well. Um, but at the same time, he, he was very adamant about, you know, Birds of Prey is going to have a presence in the DC rebirth title that kicks everything off at the end of May. Mm. Um, so I'm guessing something's going to happen. Maybe it has something to do with Helena. I don't know if it, you know, if it has to do with that or something else, but, Something's going to happen, and he seems as one of the main people who wants that that group of characters to get back together.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean that that's good to hear. I will say that yes, I was wrong. I I, I didn't see Gil Simone's name anywhere on the solicits, and I was thinking she was going to come back, but she didn't. girl I'm a little displeased with. Uh, I why does someone <laughs> this is like how many people what a cliche you're going somewhere else to find yourself and you know Asia of all places and it's not just because it's Asia but it's so far from Gotham you know as far as you can go She's she was already removed from Gotham to find herself in Burnside and then you know she had that specific identity and she was growing as a character and as a person there so why uproot her and move her somewhere else um katana has also been sort of on the outskirts of the bat family obviously the birds of prey with her leaving that that wasn't a good situation so i don't really know how those two are going to fit but it's really going to feel like i guess kitty pride when she goes and visits wolverine over in japan Uh, it's just going to be like a fish out of water i'm not really sure how a character can be developed in this way. I mean I love Kitty Pride and Wolverine in that in that uh story that they did, but I, I'm just I'm a little worried about this that sort of things are gonna be unraveled that that push the character forward um, from the new fifty two. So there's my concern. But other bat books look great. Uh I love seeing Damien pop up more places. I love seeing the original suit of Nightwing um, I love having a more well-rounded creators, well-rounded or I guess I should say diverse creators, which is great. Christopher Priest, um, who's very well known for his run on Black Panther, uh, being on Deathstroke, should be interesting, so... I think it's a it's a good era, but uh, I I will be cautiously optimistic and a little anxious for some of them.
0: As far as what I think about, I don't have any issues with any of the creative teams. Uh, you know, I've already I, I shouldn't say none of the creative teams. Uh, Scott Lobdell on Red Hood and the Outlaws. <laughs> I don't I don't know why why I'm not I don't want to f- harp on that because honestly I'm I'm really thrilled with a lot of these other creative teams. I'm looking forward to it. Like Ed, I'm a little hesitant about the art. And how they're going to be able to pull it off? I'm really hoping that you know they they get it into some sort of sync so that it happens. There's already books that have artists attached to them that are throwing up red flags for me. Um, mm. One of them is Justice League, written by Brian Hitch with art by Tony Daniel. Tony Daniel is not a person I, I can see keeping up to a monthly schedule, even with just one book. Not that I'm sure sh- I, I can't remember who the other artist is. But I have a hard time believing that Tony's going to be able to do one book a month for multiple, multiple, multiple months in a row. Cannot. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's
1: proved that over and over again. Cannot yeah. do it. Yeah.
0: yeah, so I have a hard time believing that. But then again, the alternative would have been to keep Brian Hitch on the book uh, as Brian Hitch is doing Justice League of America. And that would have been a disaster because we're already two months behind on JLA right now because of that fiasco. So... Um, that, and actually, I should say, that's two months behind on actual publishing time, but there's actually three months behind because they had some random issue pop up in the middle of the story arc. Um, that all being said, I'm looking forward to a lot of the creative teams. I like the new directions that some of these these characters are going. I like the the direction getting back to the more classic versions of some of the characters. But the thing I guess I'm more interested in is how do we get to this point, and I really hope that it all works out and it doesn't, and it actually makes sense because that's my biggest concern is I don't want something to happen where suddenly things just randomly happen. I'm really looking forward to the DC universe or the DC rebirth, uh, that's coming out at the end of May, which comes out on May 5th, um, or May 25th. I don't know why I said May 5th. May 5th, DC universe rebirth number one, which is a 80 page giant uh, issue still only for 2.99, so props to them for doing that only for 2.99. Um, all of these issues, I should also point out, uh, the the new titles that is are all going to be 2 2, $2 2.99. Um, so that's another, you know, we already knew that that's not anything new there. Um, but all of the issues, including the 80 page giant, is going to be 2.99. And I'm really hoping that the Jeff Johns 80 page giant is going to be this amazing book that's going to put a lot of pieces back in place to where they belong. Um, I also appreciated the fact that during the press conference, they, they, the, the executives, specifically Dan DeDio, Jim Lee, Jeff Johns, they specifically said there was things that they did at the beginning of New 52 that they should have never done. And they realized that and they want to get back to world-building, continuity, and I was just like, that's exactly what I want. That's what I my biggest concern was, especially a year ago when they were talking about DCU, and they were going on and on about how continuity doesn't matter anymore, and I kept saying, no, that can't be the way it is because nobody cares about stuff. If it's just single issues, there's no reason to have a cohesive universe at all if everything doesn't somehow sync together in some way. It doesn't have to be like, everything is perfectly explained continuity, but you shouldn't have a character doing three different things in three different books. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, so I'm glad that they recognize that. Um, Dipping into the solicitations. Now, keep in mind that this rollout of the books is going to take place over a course of many months. It's not all just going to happen in June, which can't say that I, I understand their idea behind that completely because, you know, I guess to a degree, doing it all in one month, they'd have great sales for one month, but, you know, watching sales and seeing what Marvel's been doing the last time that they did one of these big rollouts of uh, new number ones and things like that, uh, they did it over the course of a lot of months and their sales were great for multiple months in a row. So maybe that's the reason behind it. I don't really know. Um, but the basic gist behind this is that some of these books will be rolling out beginning in June. Some of them will be rolling out in July, August, some other time down the line after August. Um, but what we know as of right now, at least as far as what they've been actually announced is that as of right now, uh, the DC universe rebirth number one will hit stores on uh, May, f- May 25th. Uh, and then going through, uh, the books that are coming out, um, there are rebirth specials for certain issues. Um, some of them will be co-written by the current writer and then the new writer together. Uh, specifically Batman is one of those books, which will be co-written by Scott Snyder, um, and Tom King. So old and new creators on the book. Um, then we also have a rebirth special for Titans, which continues to be written by Dan Abnett. And then after the rebirth specials, uh, Release for those two weeks later, then you'll see the actual first issue of the new series for those titles. Um, Green Arrow, I forgot to mention earlier as well. Green Arrow, I guess, to a degree, we should bring up just because Black Canary is going to start to play a bigger role back in that book, which mm-hmm. means I'm guessing everything that's been happening in Black Canary up to this point, everything that's happened with Black Canary since Dawn. the of the New 52 is going poof, disappeared, because they're going back to teaming her with Oliver Queen and just looking at the solicitations for rebirth and number one of green arrow, she's clearly going to be playing a prominent role in that title. So I'm, I'm glad to see that too. So, um,
2: so it is somewhat, I guess blanket wise, it's not a a reboot, but for some characters, they are sort of erasing their history.
0: I think the ones that, it they let them choose. Yeah. yeah, I think they are picking and choosing, I think, but the thing is that some of them, I think, need it more than others Um, or at least need it to make sense if they're, you know, they, I think it, if you look at it like this, I don't know how they could get back to having Dinah be the Black Canary from pre-New 52, be part of the Birds of Prey and do all of that stuff, be a part of Green Arrow but still have everything that's happened with the New 52 with Kurt Lance and... Um, the the stuff that's been happening with, uh, what was it, Gen Thirteen, mm, yeah, whatever that was, you know, mm-hmm. there was a lot of different stuff that happened with her characters in the New Fifty Two, and I don't really feel like a whole lot of it's been that great. I, I've enjoyed the Black Canary mini, uh, the series mm-hmm. by Brendan Fletcher, but it's not because it's a great Black Canary story. I feel like it's just mm-hmm. it, it's a it's a good story and it's interesting, but I don't feel like. That's the character that I, you know, when I think of Black Canary, that's not who I think of is mm-hmm. I do not think of a, you know, rock star who travels the country fighting really? bad, and bad guys. <laughs>
2: You mentioned Brendan Fletcher, and I think it's pretty big that that team is nowhere to be nowhere to be found. But also, these are just new solicits, solicits right? So other things that aren't mentioned aren't necessarily gone away with, like Gotham Academy. Will that still no, be yeah, coming they back? Didn't yeah.
1: bring
0: it, they didn't bring it up, but Gotham Academy is coming back. It's Gotham okay. Academy next semester, which okay. is going to be written by Brendan Fletcher and Becky Clunin. Okay. Supposedly, I've heard rumors that Carl Kershaw could be returning. No – for sure on that yet though uh, but they didn't even mention it at the press conference it was just something that came out as the list of creators that's that they announced at the beginning or at you know at the end of yeah. the press
1: conference mm-hmm. um i guess they're doing a creator-owned book too
0: yeah they like are image yeah, or something they, yeah the entire, the entire the entire backroll team is moving over to image basically um yeah. but they haven't you
2: know, announced that yet have they they're going to do it at like the image con
0: not, the, I, I, don't, know? I don't have any knowledge of it. Okay. If they, I, I know that that's what's going on because they've been announced for the ImageCon thing. So, mm-hmm. um, but that's I'm guessing where they're all going. Um, but they did give their blessings to
2: uh Hope Larson
0: works. so mm-hmm. and Raphael. So I'm guessing you know they don't have any hard feelings. You know. I don't know that they're necessarily, you know, getting removed from the book. Maybe they decided they wanted to leave the book. You know, they've been on the book for a year and a half now. So it's not to say that, you know, so, um, so moving into the other ones. So those are the ones that are in June are getting rebirth issues. Now it's important to note that not everything is going to have a rebirth issue. Um, that was a confusion that I had at least when they first announced that there was going to be rebirth specials is that I was under the assumption that everything was going to have a rebirth special and you know that's just not... the ones with a change in continuity isn't that kind
1: of what i'm reading from it
0: kind of but the thing is like detective comics is not getting one um they're just diving straight into the first issue of detective comics but
1: isn't it because batman rebirth is going to kind of cover the whole universe like when I, it won't I batman mean, rebirth kind of reset the batman universe for all the books
0: i mean i'm 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 guessing that's the gist but i mean like i don't know if that's entirely entirely true because i know that there are other rebirth. Specials, uh, that they had said. I thought that Nightwing was going to be getting one at some point, but he's not coming out, I don't believe, until July, so there's no official announcement yet for it. Uh. Um, but Detective Comics will start with nine, th- number 934. That's, that, that'll happen, uh, the second week of, uh, that'll happen the second week of June, and then that one will go on. Um, some of the other titles that are coming out in June that will be la- you know, launching along with the first wave, Um, outside of like what I said with Batman and Detective, we have Titans, Green Arrow, which we'll probably, we, we might start covering on the website. I don't know for sure yet. I haven't decided exactly outside of the normal books, what we'll be, what we'll be covering. But the, the one thing that I thought was interesting is is looking at the solicitations, there's also some, some annuals that are, that are coming out in the month of, uh, in the month of June, one of them is a Deathstroke Annual, uh, which has, uh, Razel Ghoul appearing. Uh, Nightwing also is getting a, uh, or not Nightwing, but Grayson. Grayson is getting a annual in, in, uh, June as well. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to point out was all of the series that aren't starting in June will continue to release. So like Batman Beyond gets a new issue. Harley Quinn gets a new issue. Harley's Little Black Book all the mini series that are currently going like Harley's little black book and Harley her, and her gang of harleys or whatever all of those will continue to run until you know they're planned to end um, but it's I thought it was interesting because I'm looking at some of these and I'm thinking to myself hmm what was the need to have a Robin son of Batman number 13 if the creative team left 3 months before that so I guess that was the only thing that confused me but I guess you can't just get rid of every other title they have if they're you not, just can't publish everything ten out.
1: titles. You yeah, yeah, can't I just mean,
0: roll out what they have and that's it. So I guess to a degree it makes sense. Um, but I guess you're going to have conflicting things because if you see a rebirth and they're, they're changing certain things, I don't know how certain books are going to continue to publish. Just to me, that doesn't make any sense, but we'll have to wait and see for that.
1: Well, it's only for a couple months. You know, it gives creators time to wrap up storylines. I mean, you still don't want to get have them get kneecapped and just not get to finish their book. So it makes a little bit of sense, but I think the biggest thing is the reality. You can't just publish 10 books from a financial aspect.
0: Yes. All right. So let's get into All Star Batman real quick before we get into some of the other stuff. So All Star Batman, it's basically, uh, Scott Snyder's new book. Um, there's a couple of important things to note from this. One, it is taking place within continuity, but it's not the main Batman book and it will not be the main Batman book. Um, the gist of the, the series is that it's teaming Scott Snyder up with a humongous list of artists. And the, the idea is that the artist is being teamed up for a specific story dealing with what best suits their art. So there was an example that was given. I can't, I, I believe it was Two-Face is going to be one of the first characters focused on and Batman and Two Face go on some sort of Mad Max style road trip across the country. And John Romita Jr. is doing the art for it. Some of the descriptions that Snyder gives, I can't even comprehend how this is. doing? You know, what he's doing yeah. and how it makes sense. Um, there was some confusion that first came out talking about whether or not this was going to be twice a month or monthly. Um, it is in fact only going to be monthly. Snyder confirmed that on Twitter saying that, um, there might have been some confusion, but it will only be a monthly book. Um, I guess my only thing is there's, there's a couple of small things. Um, there's word that there will be backups in all, in All Star Batman, which will focus on Duke Thomas. Um, but there's a couple issues I've already seen. One, if it's only a monthly book, and they've got these big name writers or big name artists on it, as well as obviously Scott Snyder on the series. I don't know how they could just do one issue unless they were oversized issues, which means they would charge more, which means the $2.99 thing would go out the window. I'm not sure how they're going to work that if it's only.
1: I think this know. is the aberration book.
0: I, yeah, I'm sure that's probably what's going to end up happening, but to a degree, it's weird because they made such a big deal about how oh we're making sure we stick to this $2.99 and. Da, 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 and I'm like, okay. But then they come out with the Scott Snyder book, and I'm like, nah, I don't see how that's gonna happen, but. It's, 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 already,
1: he's already, he was tweeting about all the backup artists. It's definitely not gonna be too nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's, there's no way. Um, but Snyder on Twitter had said, uh, that, uh, Two-Faced is going to be by Ramita and Declan Shalvey. Uh, there'll be a free story by Jock and Francis Francovella. Uh, he then went on to say that, uh, he's excited to reteam with Jock and Francis, uh, specifically dealing with Mr. Freeze. Uh, he said All-Star Batman is a pretty big passion project for me. Batman stories plus villains done in new ways. Um, anchored by pal Sean Murphy doing an incontinuity end of times Batman story we've been talking about for years is some of the latest tweets that he, uh, sent out just recently about all-Star Batman. Now, I guess in my mind, I have to, I have to think of a couple different things that I, I foresee happening with this. Uh, I'm guessing the Sean Murphy story is that story that the two of them told back in Detective Comics number 27. Um, that, you know, futuristic story of Batman with the clones. Um, I'm slightly concerned because if he has the ability to do whatever he wants with all of these classic villains and tell new stories, new, versions of these characters i'm kind of concerned only for the fact of you know here we are getting back to the classic versions of a lot of the different characters throughout not just the batman universe but the dc universe but we're giving the ability to tell fresh new versions of the same characters i have a slight problem with that and mostly because some of the you know i don't have any issues with The way Snyder has done his own original characters, like the Court of Owls and things like that. But I did not, I was not a huge fan of what he did with Riddler. Um, Joker was fine. I didn't really have any major issues with Joker other than, you know, the entire tease of is Joker immortal, which he wasn't. But, um, I, I guess it's, it just is slightly concerning to me that, you know, potentially he has the ability to rewrite the origins of some of these characters yet again.
1: He, he tweeted, like, he went on, like, a barrage of stuff for a while. Um, but I, I think that we don't really know what Rebirth's doing. Like, we're assuming it's resetting continuity, but it may not reset it for everybody. I mean, a lot of it might still be New 52. And I think that's the problem, is we just don't know yet. I'm um, glad it's monthly, so it probably won't have the art problems in it. Um, I did see that he said that the two-phase storyline... Did you see that, how long it is? No, but I forgot he tweeted out. I'm going to tweeting back and forth. With him. He said that the first story, the first Two Face story, is his long Halloween, and it's clocking it at 13 issues. Oh my god! So the first oh, with story, the same uh, artist. Uh, yeah. Well, with uh, Sean Murphy and uh, what John Romita Jr. Um,
0: but then the question. Sean, is, So what in the world do all these other artists have already announced? What are they going to be
1: backups? Backups. Yeah. So doing back I do a
0: backups. I. I, I... I gotta say, like, I don't know, like, this comes across, like, I also, I'm just reading now that he also said something about uh, the first story, like you said, will be dealing with uh, John Romita Jr. will be providing the interiors for the first number of issues with Declan Shalvey and Jordy Balier providing backup art. Following that, we'll see the introduction of Mister Freeze with art by Jacques and backups from Francesco Francavilla. Then in the second year, there's going to be a big story from Lee Bermejo. And then apparently at some point, like I, like I said earlier, the Sean Murphy thing. So um, there's like said, a gazillion different things going on at once here.
1: Yeah, he says that the first year in All-Star Batman is going to be his – the long Halloween. So like, emphasis on long, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, but again, this shouldn't surprise us. This is the way the guy writes. I mean, Super Heavy, which we just finished up in Batman 50. What was that, 11 issues? You know, no. I mean, it's, it is what it is. This is, this is how he's going to do it. Um, And I think that, I, listen, I, I think the reality is they're just going to let him do what he's going to do. I think that this is a good move though, because think about it. If you're, st- if you're getting the, the book that detective is supposed to be and, and what Batman looks to be, then I think it's okay for him to have his own, you
0: know what I'm saying? Like I agree. I agree, but I wish that it wasn't necessarily. So, like, he's so adamant about how it's in continuity and it's going to tie to what's happening in the other books. And knowing that, you know, how he has done all of his previous story arcs, I have the hardest time believing that what he's doing in the other, his own book, isn't going to somehow have some sort of ripple effect through the other books, which are not so... Of course it is. Yes, but that's the biggest problem, because he's going on, oh, yeah... All Star Batman, it's not the main book. The main book is going to be Batman by Tom King. He's a great friend of mine. I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, chop off his legs and tell him he can't do something, but instead I'm just going to tell my own origin for, you know, Two-Face or, you know, change Mr. Freeze or, you know, whatever. And like, of course, again, I'm, I'm, I'm coming across as, you know, I hate Snyder, blah, blah, blah. And it's not that I hate Snyder. It's that I just feel like, as I've said multiple times in the past, he has too much pull when it comes to The control that everything else, how everything else happens. And getting him off of a book, uh, we don't even know necessarily when All-Star is supposed to start. I heard August, but it might, it's probably not even going to happen in August. Um, I'm guessing it's probably not going to start till September or October, I'm guessing. Um, but I, I'm hesitant. I'm sure it's going to be a great story. I just, I fear for these other books and how they're going to be overshadowed by that book.
1: Because well, do you think that that'll be overshadowed
0: in sales? I'm oh, sure. I have a hard time believing that Batman is going to be the main Batman book and and still be number one in sales, but Snyder's writing a different Batman book out there.
1: So you think All Star Batman will outsell, sell regular Batman? Definitely. Yeah. I don't
2: think it will well, name by name alone. Now, this book does it not have a bad stigma attached to it? Uh, the title.
0: It does, but he made a point to point out that it's not supposed to be the same book. Okay. Uh, because the other one was All-Star Batman and the boy, one, or Robin. And the Robin.
2: Character. Yeah. Yeah. And so your concern, is, is, is your concern coming from the fact that Kevin Smith, I think that was the writer, right? No, it
0: was Frank, uh, Miller.
2: Frank Miller. Frank Miller. Oh, Frank Miller. Okay. So, okay. Uh, is he kind of reworked things like there's that, there's that freedom to do it with this book. Is that why you're concerned?
0: No, it's not that because like the, in, when all-star Batman and Robin came out, the entire intent was that it wasn't, it wasn't incontinuity. And that's the thing. Like if they were to tell us, Oh, guess what? All-star Batman is not necessarily in continuity. Like it'll match up, but it's not in continuity. It doesn't have, you know, we're not holding it to the same degree of continuity as the rest of the Bat books, I'd be fine with it. And mm. I I wouldn't worry about it. But the problem is they're distinctly saying it is in continuity. Guess what? Duke Thomas is going to be featured in some of the backups who's supposed to be being focused on in the pages of Batman. Why do you need to focus on the character in two separate books written by two different writers if one's not going to walk on top of what the other one's doing? Regardless of who it is, I don't believe that Tom King is going to have the ability to walk on top of what Scott Snyder's doing. But I'm just saying like, that's what it's feeling like is going to end up happening. It just feels like something's going to happen where it's basically going to be like, Oh, October rolls around. All-star Batman comes out. The sales blow up and it suddenly becomes the main Batman book that is just going to tell its own stories. But everyone is going to be questioning why the other books aren't, you know, dealing with the same stuff because it's Snyder's Batman. Um, it also leaves a question as to where does Greg Capullo go when he comes back because Yes, I guess he could come back for a story arc or so in this All-Star Batman, but he's not gonna be an ongoing artist teamed with Scott Snyder on this book.
1: So... Oh, well, I think, it, I think when Capullo comes back, what they'll probably do is go ahead and fire Tom King off of Batman and just give him both books.
2: <laughs> I'm
1: totally joking. I think they'll I do something different. I think that they want to play the different character together. I don't know who it'll be, but I think we'll see them on a Wonder Woman book or a Flash book. Doesn't matter. I, I, I think that you'll see him and Cap do something else. And let's face it, six months into this relaunch, a lot of these books are going to get changed and canceled mood around. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't see
0: them getting canceled. I don't see lot of though. these books getting canceled, but yeah, creative teams shifting and things like that. I, I could potentially see something like that. Um, also because there'll be, and it might not even take six months to actually do that because of the, so, you know, so a lot of these it, series getting two issues per month, they're going to be able to see the True. numbers and, very quickly in a shorter amount of time. So, my thing is, I'm not opposed to you know the All-Star Batman book. I think it's a cool idea. I think it's awesome to have cider Team with you know superstar artists and things like that. and I think it'll be cool. I just have a super huge concern for the rest of the Batman Universe and how that book is going to somehow affect everything else. But mm-hmm. I think that sales
1: I think that's sales driven.
0: I mean... Oh, it's definitely sales-driven. I mean, there's no question about that. And if anybody was, you know, wondering if Snyder was leaving anytime soon, they also announced that Snyder has signed an exclusive with DC... Which, right. Of course, Snyder then went online and said, "Oh, there's some holes in my exclusive my exclusive <laughs> contract because I can still do this, I can
1: still do that. He can, can still, still do, do the more. books he was already writing before he signed the exclusive. So, yeah. Witches yeah. for Image, and there's another the wake, one I couldn't remember. Uh, the Wake, which is the isn't Wake, isn't that? From, yeah, that's Vertigo, though. I mean, that's yeah, kind of That's, that's kind of in- There's
0: still American Vampire, which is Vertigo too.
2: But- Speaking of continuity has any. Point been made about how that bubble is going to change, because uh, remember how there are certain things in the bubble of continuity, and then there are thir- certain things outside of it. Is are the titles? I don't know, like these bat titles that are all coming at us. Are they all going to be tied together, or is there, there going to be everything, separation?
0: Everything is supposed to be tied into the same That's universe cool. going forward. Uh, you know, the entire year ago initiative of DCU is being completely thrown out the window. And any book that was part of DCU, I think is also being thrown out the window right along with it. Um, because none of those books are actually coming back in any way. But the, it's important to note that, uh, they had, they, they made a very strong claim that everything should be being tied together and they will be doing a lot of world building across all the titles, not just the bad titles, not just the Green Lantern titles, not just the Superman titles, but all of the books they'll be doing world building, which, like I said, you know, I said this a year ago, that's, that's what it should be. I mean, there's no reason to have a DC universe if you don't treat it as in its own universe and you treat but it as multiple universes. So.
1: But that, doesn't that kind of go against the, the notion that you would want All-Star Batman not to be in continuity?
0: Uh, yes, to a degree, but that doesn't mean you can't have out of continuity books. Like, I don't have any problem with Dark Knight 3 not being in continuity. I'm not saying that I think that book should be in continuity. Speaking of which, in June, there's supposed to be a new Batgirl popping in that book. I don't know how I'm saying that, but...
2: A new um, what? A new Batgirl. A Batgirl. Okay. You so mean Dark a new Night. rebirth Batgirl. Is that what you mean? No, no. no I mean, Dark Knight Dark 3, 3, 3 have a,
0: there's going to be introducing a new
2: Batgirl. Oh, no. Future That's Batgirl. Girl. I don't care for... Th- in that universe? Oh, boy.
0: Okay. I don't think you have any worries What? you should be worried that it should be it's gonna end up being Barbara Gordon. Oh um, well no,
2: but I think actually. I'll have concerns about yeah.
0: But um no, but the thing is like I'm not saying you can't have out of continuity books. I'm saying don't have a title that you're giving so much free reign on characters and say it's in continuity. Because I don't think that any one person should be able to rewrite the entire universe. Like, I, wow. you know, to a degree, I mean, like, yes, Snyder is probably one of the few now that can do stuff like that. Grant Morrison was the one pre, you know, prior to him within the Batman universe. But even Grant Morrison to a degree, I mean, he left room for other creators to do stuff. It's not as if, you know, the only stuff that anybody ever read back then was his stuff. Yes, his stuff affected everything else, you know, with Battle for the Cowl and Bruce Wayne, uh, the long road, the, the road, The Road Home and things like that. There was other things that happened that, you know, people were able to 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 tell their stories on. But, like, he didn't rewrite origins for characters the way Snyder just feels like that's just what he wants to do. He wants to make them his own but have that classic character name attached to it. That's
1: why I have a problem. See, Johns, comma, Jeff. That's true. I mean, yeah, there's no denying
0: that he's another one of those people that they allow that to happen as well. But I don't, I, I don't know. Like, when it comes to John's, I don't really feel like I've had, and it's probably just because he's not, he, he's never been involved in the Batman universe outside of Earth 1. Um, so I, so that's probably the biggest reason. But like, the stuff that he's changed, I, mean, I know that there's people who've had issues with, you know, the things that he's had. Like, he brought back Hal Jordan while there was a bunch of other characters from the Green Lantern universe that kind of just got pushed aside. Wally West got pushed to the side in favor of Barry Allen because he he's in favor of bringing back a lot of the classic characters. But I guess to me it's the classic characters, and it might be a slightly adjusted origin or whatever. I I don't know. I mean, like I'm probably coming across as like you know,
1: get Snyder off my lawn, a, you
0: know, Snyder yeah. hater. But uh, Johns is okay. But it's just I can't really compare Johns to Snyder to the degree because Johns hasn't been. Over, he hasn't overseen the Batman universe. I can only compare Snyder to Morrison. And I don't feel like Morrison really did that. Yes, he had crazy things happen in the universe, but ultimately there wasn't a whole lot that changed the versions of the character. That's, I guess, the the difference in my mind. Well, uh, if I'm wrong, and there's a listener out there who's who wants to inform me that uh, uh, Grant Morrison changed the origins of some classic characters throughout his run on Batman. Please inform me because I can't think of any that he actually changed You know the actual
1: classic origins. In fairness, you're talking about the New 52, which was a, a part of comics where they true. intentionally told the writers to go out and do this That's stuff. true, but when
0: you're comparing that to what they're saying they're going to do with Rebirth and Snyder's saying he's going to still do the exact same thing, it's not coming across as they told him he needed to go do this It's that he wanted to do that because that's what he wants to do and that's what he's going to do
1: in this new series. I don't think he's going to do anything drastic as as we think he is, though. I really don't. Like, I don't think he's going to change, you know, Harvey Dent to 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 you know Hermione Dent or anything like you know. I I I, I don't think he's
0: not going to change the names. I'm just saying, like, well, I'm just going to say this, okay? I'm looking forward to seeing it. I know some reading some of the artists that are attached. Super looking forward to it. It's yeah, going to look amazing. Yeah. I'm just hesitant about what could happen within the pages of the book. That's all. I'm Sounds like a Scott Snyder book. As, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that because I, I think we've spent a little too much time talking about Snyder as as usual. I guess it wouldn't be a comic cast if we sp- didn't spend at least 20 minutes ranting about Scott Snyder to a degree.
2: We should change okay. the name of the podcast.
0: Yeah, the the, the, the Boundary Scott Universe Snyder cast.
2: <laughs> Snyder Hour, man.
0: All right, so with that, we're going to dive into our numbers for February 2016. TV by the Numbers, written by Terry. Uh, this posted in the middle of March. All right, so just running down the totals for everything, total comic sales was 6.1 million issues. Uh, this is down 16% from the previous year. DC had a total of 1.7 million issues for a market share of 29.01%. The TBU total sales was .89 million issues, which consisted of about 14.57% of the market share. Uh, going over the books that were doing well for the month, Dark Knight 3, number 3, was ranked number 1 for the month, as sat at 146,000. Batman, number 49, at 102,000. Justice League, number 48, 72K. Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 3, 64K. Harley Quinn, number 25, 51K. Batman Europa number 4, 47K. Detective Comics, number 49, 45K. Harley's Little Black Book, number 2, 45K. Batman and Robin Eternal, uh, number 18, 19, 20, and 21, total of 145K. Batman Superman, number 29, 33K. And the Arkham Knight Batgirl Harley Quinn special uh, rolled in at 33K. Um, as far as books that were meeting expectations for the month. Uh, just rolling through the list instead said the, the numbers for these. Grayson, number 17. Robinson of the Batman. Backroll, number 48. New Suicide Squad, number 17. Teen Titans, number 17. Poison Ivy, number 2. Titans Hunt, number 5. Red Hood, Arsenal, number 9. We Are Robin, number 9. DC Comics, Bombshells, number 9. Um, now, a lot of these books that are here uh, are basically holding steady. Um, the There was two... Exceptions to all of the books that were really any sort of surprise. Uh, Poison Ivy, Cycle of Life and Death, number two. Had a 25% drop from January to February, but that's because it's one. from the first yeah. to the second issue, yeah. And then we had We Are Robin, number nine, which actually had an increase from one month to the next month, uh, 76%. How in the world it had a 76%? Crazy, crazy, crazy world. Um Beer. January had a disastrous month of a 60% drop um, from the previous month and lost 72 spots. But February saw a huge bump back up in it. Um, So there's no real sort of explanation behind that one. I don't know how to drop 60% one month and then gain 76% the next month. That's that's very strange. Um, Books in Danger. Uh, not a whole lot of surprises here. A lot of these have been in the same area for a while. Batman Beyond, Earth Two Society, Deadshot, Katana, Black Canary, Gotham Academy, Injustice Year Five, Catwoman, Secret Six, Justice League Three Thousand One, Batman Sixty Six meets the Man from Uncle, and Midnighter. Um, surprisingly, every single one of these books—not not surprisingly, I should say—dropped from the previous month, except for Midnighter. Midnighter had an increase of 0.19% from the previous month, which translates to exactly 10 extra issues. Hmm. Uh, Terry pointed that out in the article. 10 additional people picked, or no, I'm sorry, 20, 20 of those people, 20 additional readers picked up Midnighter in the month of February. Hmm. That's pretty consistent. Hilarious when it comes to the, uh, the numbers, but, um, there's not really a whole lot of surprising ones on this list. Uh, obviously, a lot of these series are not being re-upped for uh, Rebirth. The only one actually on this list that's being re-upped is uh, Batman Beyond. Uh, to a degree, I I, I uh, want to say, for some reason I want to say, Earth 2 Society is getting something, but it's not happening until later on. Um, but all of these titles are not coming back. except for Gotham Academy and Batman Beyond for sure. Most of these are mini-series or digital first series, um, but it's not surprising that Gail Simone's not necessarily attached to anything with Rebirth when her series, Secret Six, I believe number 11, if I remember correctly, was the issue that Batgirl appeared as a guest Mm. appearance, and even then it
1: still saw a 5% drop from month to month. So, And it's down that $13,000... 13,000 copy a month, which doesn't make, it's not make any money. You know, I mean, that's just abysmal. Which is funny because, I, you know, you'd think that her name alone would sell more than 13,000 copies. Guess not.
0: Alright, so with that, that's all the numbers. I mean, not a whole lot to discuss here. Basically, there's not a whole lot to really go over month to month because now everything's going to start trending down, down, down because we're leading into rebirth. I know that there are some people out there who are probably thinking, to start dropping some of the books knowing that there's going to be new directions in just a couple months for some of these. Um, we also know that some of the creative teams, the normal creative teams will be leaving the series um, and preparing for the rebirth stuff. So I have a hard time believing that uh, DC's numbers are not going to go down, 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 down right before June. So in the coming months, uh, March, uh, April, and May, I when we talk about numbers for those, Three months, I have a feeling that we're going to just keep seeing a downward trend of the the things. It also doesn't help that uh, a book like uh, Dark Knight 3 was actually delayed a month. Again. And made up for a humongous chunk of DC's market share as well. So that's important to note out too. So. I,
1: I think that you might see a bump next month for the number 50s when the sales numbers come out. 1s, 50s, 100s all kind of sell a little bit. But then after that, I think it'll be a downhill slide to the rebirth stuff, no doubt.
0: So with that, that is actually all the news we have. Uh, if you know, that was a lot of news to cover, but we do have a good chunk of books to cover too, some big books. So we're going to start off with Batman.
1: Batman number fifty, writer Scott Snyder, artist Greg Capullo. Uh, this issue up opens up with the um, the Blooms. The Bloom, Mr. Bloom and his other Blooms running rampant through Gotham with uh, Jim Gordon in pretty bad shape and Bruce Wayne, with his memory back, looking through um, this kind of armory of Batsuits before picking out his new one. Uh, we did see the army of the Mech Batsuits, of course, have been taken over by Bloom, and he's using them as type of soldiers as well. Uh, Jim's in pretty bad shape uh, on the roof where we left him with Julia Pennyworth uh, and is surrounded by more of Bloom's uh, henchmen, more people that are using the um, the powers. Uh, and Batman shows up and fights them off the roof. Uh, using the seeds um, and his powers, uh, Bloom has set a star-like thing in the middle of the city, and it's using the energy from the powers building so he can destroy the city, uh, so he can, he can start over again. Destroy the city, kill everyone there, and then and start with rebuilding from scratch. Uh, Batman cuffs Gordon to a helicopter and orders him to get medical care and goes off to take care of the problem. Which doesn't happen, of course. Uh we then see that Duke is on the bat plump with Daryl, whom he confronts about the fact that uh Duke has figured out that it was Daryl who used this grant, and that's what the information he got from Cobblepot to make the seeds that are making the uh the powers. We also see that Duke's parents are never gonna recover from the uh Joker toxin. Um, he then admits to it, Daryl admits to it, uh and attacks Duke. Uh but he does say that he doesn't even know who Mr. Bloom really is, doesn't know if it's if it's a girl or even a guy and read that mask. Um, and then he plans on getting the seeds back from him, and he has obviously taken a seat because he starts kind of like uh, rubber manning. Um, and the Duke manages to subdue him and, and knocks him out. Um, and then Gordon, of course, doesn't go to the hospital, and we see him instead of Powers Corporation working to destroy, bloom, and save the city. Uh, at this point, we, we see the regular Batman back on the scene, and the people of Gotham realize that Batman's there. Uh They realize that the seeds are their problem, and they people start to take the seeds uh out of their skin and, and return to normal. Uh, and then Gordon uses a new element uh, that was made at the Powers Building, which destroys the star, uh, kind of makes it collapse in on itself, and in doing so takes Bloom with him, and everyone's safe. And then we fast forward a little bit, and we see Gordon recovering at a hospital when Bullet comes in to tells him that that Maggie is uh, going back to the head of the Major Crimes Unit, and the Commissioner's job is Hibbs if he wants it. Um, him and Batman speak for a couple minutes outside about you know what what it was like to be Batman, and, and then. The fact that Batman's back. And then uh, we cut to Julie Madison, who finds Bruce Wayne's name on the wall at the shelter where he wrote it at. And that is the end of Super Heavy. There's a lot here. I guess the, the this isn't a super specific question, but we've spent a year on Super Heavy. And now that it's over... Uh, what did you guys think of the ending here to the story? Did, did you think this story was worth the wait? Did you like the way it wrapped up or did you, did you kind of not like the way we finished this one?
0: I wasn't necessarily opposed to it. Uh, I think the bloom, I think part of it was, I didn't really feel the, I guess the impact by bloom that I feel like probably it should have. But I think, you know, if you look at the story from the perspective of Bruce Wayne returning as Batman, you know, he's got a new suit, which is cool. You know, from that perspective, I guess, you know, it was, it was fine as an issue, um, as an end to the story arc of, you know, the Bloom story arc in Gordon. I don't know that it served the, you know, served Gordon and Bloom as much justice as it probably should have considering how much focus was on those two elements. Um, I, I honestly like the Bloom thing just kind of like, uh, okay, it's done, um, for me, but, you know, if you just look at the Bruce and the Batman elements, it, I think it works fine as an ending.
2: This was probably my favorite of the, the stories that Snyder has done. Um, it kept me engaged the entire time. I felt like I knew uh, what was going on from month to month, where sometimes in year zero year, I had forgotten. Uh, because whoo, whoo, it just got pretty convoluted. Uh, it was great to see Jim in the bat suit and, and sort of make it his own. And I liked seeing Bruce Wayne as Bruce Wayne and see what his life would be like, almost like a what-if, you know, or, or an elseworld. Uh It was tragic, but we covered this in the last one, that, that Bruce had to come back. But I think we all knew that it was going to happen at one point, and I think it, he comes back. Uh, in a great way and it's interesting it was almost like the return of Batman during No Man's Land, uh, you know, with with those two. But certainly more positive because I remember when he came back, Jim felt so betrayed, but here, you know, he didn't feel betrayed. He was almost very um, apologetic because he thought, uh, you know, I feel like I failed you because you were forced to come back. But it was just great uh, seeing that relationship again, almost like it was a renewed relationship for the first time. Uh, and even uh, it seems like Jim knows – That Bruce Wayne is, in fact, Batman, because he almost makes like a Silver Age slip of the tongue at one point. Um, And I think it was great the way it wrapped up, especially at the end, which I think that's really where it tied together, where Batman relates to Joker with Bloom, where, you know, Bloom was... Jim Gordon's Joker, you know. And it was very apropos because just like Joker, you don't know who he truly is, or I guess we're going to find out in Justice League, or apparently. Um, but, you know, Bloom, you don't know who this guy is, but he sort of made, made and, and broke, potentially, uh, Jim Gordon. But I think it just did really a great job serving the characters, developing them really well. You're, you saw them in Go in directions that you had never seen before and I thought it was really well rounded. As for the, the boom character, uh, I guess, I guess you're right, you know, maybe the threat wasn't, or maybe he didn't go out with as big of a bang as as you would expect or, you know, I wondered honestly if he was going to be defeated at all and he would pop up again, but you know, he was a huge character. Look at all the damage he did, uh, not only personally, uh, to people's lives like Daryl. And then physically, I was almost concerned, honestly, that, that Jim was going to die because he just kept pushing himself, but you know, the city as well. And it's just another, you know, he was trying to compare himself to Batman the entire time. And, you know, Kind of having to remake Gotham City, in, but in a very different way. So it's almost like a ghoul. Ghul. Um, so I thought he was he was a credible threat, uh, or she, and he, he never knew at the end who it was. And I, I think the mystery is great. So I think it wrapped up well. Um, I am sad to see Jim sort of take take off the the bat suit um i guess it's time i I just wonder you know is there anything are there any more miles that could go with him in that suit um but now we're back to the status quo so here we are but i this was my favorite of the snyder runs that we've reviewed on this particular show so um I'm, i'm sad to see it go but interested to see what tomorrow brings
1: yeah, um, I'm kind of with with you guys. I I like the way this the story ended up. There's no surprise there for me, but um, yeah, I did. I like I like the way it came in. I mean, we all knew I think that Jim wasn't going to stay Batman forever. Um, and this was the natural kind of evolution of it. I think it was handled well. I think it was respectful to the character of Gordon and of Batman, and it really kind of put it. It's, I guess supposed to give us a new appreciation that. There can be a lot of costume heroes and even those with mech suits or superpowers, but that Bruce is a, is a special case, and then that's why why he's Batman. So yeah, no, I, I thought this was a particularly strong close. The, the stuff with Bloom, I found interesting that we never really find out who he is. Um, I guess that's because I guess who he is really wasn't important. I guess at the end of the day, um, I'm sure that at some point in the future we'll we'll come back and visit some part of the story, or or somebody will. Maybe not even Snyder, but I think it some point in the future the story will get touched on again um now the way we end here with jim's character is it looks like he's going back to being commissioner um with with maggie being kind of dislodged from that job or taking another job are you okay with the way we put jim back in the role of of commissioner here or did you want to see him operate outside of of the, the police office for a while or you just think it's time to go ahead and make commissioner gordon a thing again in some
0: ways, I feel like they're doing this because they're trying to set it back up to, you know, they're trying to get all the pieces lined back up into the right holes for when, you know, rebirth occurs. That's what it honestly felt like because reading this and then rebirth came, or the rebirth announcements come out like a couple days later. We already had known certain aspects of rebirth, you know, that they were, you know, that they were putting a lot of the classic characters back to, back to where they originally were and things like that. That's what it felt like because it really just came across as, the, you know, the whole reason, I don't even know that a lot of people even remember this because so much stuff has happened since, but the whole reason that Jim wasn't commissioner was because of the events in the very early pages of Batman Eternal. You know, mm-hmm. him derailing that train and going to jail and then eventually getting out of jail, but then him being told, sorry, you can't be commissioner anymore because the public doesn't trust you. And there was that whole situation. That's the whole reason this all happened. And the thing in my mind is, you know, there was a lot of weight to taking the commissioner role away from him. You know, when Eternal ended, he basically still wasn't even working with the police. And they had that, like, page where, like, Gordon and Batman, are, you know, talk about, you know, what's next. and And, you know, they talk about, well, we, you know, there's still criminals to catch and, you know, this, that, and the other. And that's basically the gist of the end of eternal was, you know, they're still going to do what they, they've got to do. It's just, they've got to do it in different ways. And then shortly thereafter, you know, we have everything changed with Bruce being killed in the pages of, or not, you know, supposedly being killed or dying in the pages of Batman. And then Gordon ends up becoming the new Batman. But, I'm, but like in my mind, it just comes across as like, there was a lot of weight to making him, somebody besides being involved with the police, being the commissioner. And it feels like, well, we ran the course with that story. So now we're just going to put him right back where, where, where he's supposed to be. And like, I don't have a problem with him going back to being commissioner. I just, I guess I have a problem with the way they went about doing it. I feel like there should have been a little bit more weight to the reason of why it is instead of, Oh, by the way, Maggie is no longer going to do this because of something else. And we need a new commissioner because there's no one else. So the job's yours, but it wasn't even like, I don't know. It just comes across as like a throwaway situation, which it really shouldn't have been. I mean, putting him back to where he belongs should have meant a little bit more than just, you know, this random, you know, well, we don't have one because we don't. So we think it should be you. So that's my theory. But I mean, like, or my feelings on it, but, you know, I'm not opposed to him going back to being commissioner. I feel like it just, like, it just feels like ever since, uh, issue 48, Bruce going back to the, uh, back to Wayne Manor and and realizing he has to become Batman, it just feels like the story got away from Gordon so quickly. It was basically like Gordon's just getting his butt kicked. He can't, you know, there's no way that he's going to be able to finish the story out And we need to have Batman, and that's where the focus is all going to go back to. So.
2: You know what my biggest problem with that scene was? (laughs) The fact that Barbara Gordon was not in that hospital room. I mean, I guess we can assume that he was there for a little while, so she probably popped up at some point, but I just thought...
0: Or we can assume that Snyder wrote the story and he doesn't have family, interact with family.
2: (laughs) I guess uh, that, yeah. I, I was thinking that... Their only interactions were in fact happening with, uh, in detective comics and since Tomas was <laughs> writing it and he's used to father and, you know, insert child there, you know, cause Batman around. But anyways, so that was one of my, uh, problems um i agree with you dustin i agree with you i think it was too easy you know it's like here's your detective badge but what about maggie oh maggie's okay with it and it reminded me almost of i wanted there to be some sort of struggle it honestly reminded me of where i am in my reading now for Backward Oracle, he's, he's not even on the Force, cause that whole thing with, uh, the Nightfall trilogy, he, you know, is, was distrustful of Batman because he could clearly tell there was someone new, and then just the, the politics with the, the mayor, and how his wife was dealing with everything, so, you know, he left the Force and he's super angry, and, um, I don't know how he goes back, so don't spoil it, right? but, but I just wanted there to be some, like, tension there, and you're absolutely right that there's sort of history that's unresolved because he was it, it wasn't like he stepped off um the force he was sort of kicked off so where's that resolution potentially and i also agree with you the fact that we haven't seen him outside of this high ranking position and it's not to say that you know he's always behind the desk but i think what was amazing about this ron and i think this probably more often happened over in Detective is that he got back to the street, you know, and and it was like a buddy cop because of him and Harvey, and so it would have been nice to have him You know, maybe be a lieutenant, he's not gonna be, you know, a sergeant or whatever, but to not have that high ranking title with him and to be a detective again and be with Harvey, because I think that's what made the detective comics book so amazing. And so now I feel like there's gonna be this badge and this title that is, like, separating those two characters again, and, and they were so well-developed. Um, and, you know, I, I just don't want to see him sitting behind a desk again, but but I guess this is, you know, it's getting back to Commissioner and, uh, and Batman and, and how they're interacting with that. So I, I wish he would have said no. I wish, instead of going back to a normal status quo, that as – Snyder does. You know, Snyder normally switches things up, so why did Snyder all of a sudden pull like a reverse Snyder? Did someone body snatch Snyder? You know, <laughs> why didn't he continue down a not trodden path as he normally does? This is so weird. But yeah, 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 I'm pretty disappointed with that, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I I think what we saw Snyder here doing was putting the toys back in the toy box and cleaning up, you know? Like uh, he's going to go do All Star Batman now, and with with the new creative team coming in, I think he was, like Dustin alluded to, just kind of putting things back. You know, um, I, I do think that they could have the, the idea that, that that Stella has of him becoming a lieutenant, maybe working his way back up a little bit, because he was asked to leave his job for I mean a pretty decent reason, to be totally honest with you. So, yeah, I, I'm not totally cool with this. I liked Maggie being the, the commissioner, um, especially now that we're about to see. Batman and Batwoman co-headlining Detective Comics. It
0: wouldn't um, actually have it worked out perfectly.
1: Yeah, I, I actually think it would have been great. Uh, so I think we could be missing something here. But maybe, you know, they do mention that she's going to have her own major crimes unit, so maybe we'll see that. But I thought her as commissioner dealing with Batwoman could have been um, could have been yeah. a lot of fun and, and a real missed opportunity. So. Yeah,
2: because it's not like that had ever, I mean, her face time has been very small uh, with oh, yeah. you know, her in there. I feel like We saw her more in Eternal, the first volume, so we didn't even develop her as Commissioner. Yeah, it was basically just,
0: here, here's some other person. Yeah. No way in the GCPD. Yeah. That could take the role, so here's, here's the Commissioner title. That, and we'll, you know, we'll show you pop up here and there occasionally, but but I, I, yeah, I completely, you know, agree with what you're saying, like, the character like it's because it just feels like there's not enough characters within the GCPD because they eliminated so many of the characters in the beginning mm-hmm. of 952 by not having them exist in this new universe you know outside of Harvey Jim and and uh uh but, Maggie there's there's hardly anybody else who they could ever focus on. They introduce other police officers, mm-hmm. but then they turn out to be corrupt or whatever and like right. the, like the girlfriend and, yeah. and Ugh. so, yeah. I mean like there, there's been so many different examples of, Jeez, of, of that, but it, yeah. <laughs> Ugh.
2: Let's talk about that unfortunate train wreck. Let's, I
0: think, let's not, let's not say we did. Do.
2: Don't you think now is the perfect time during rebirth to bring back like a Gotham central book that's just dealing with cops now? Don't you think now is the time?
0: I would say yes, but I, you know, I, I'd like, I like to see a lot of different things, but I, I'm just happy that we actually have, we're, we're going to be getting a book that has more than just Batman working by himself. Um, with Detective Comics and we have Batwoman and Tim Drake and, and Stephanie and Cassandra mm-hmm. all right. appearing on the cover as well as who knows who else could end up appearing in the title. Um, I, I'm just happy that we're finally getting the family back together, like outside of the pages <laughs> of Eternal because it feels like, it honestly feels like if it's not in Eternal, the family can't interact with each other. And I'm not super thrilled with how they all interact in Eternal either because it's so, comes across sometimes as disjointed because you've got different writers writing the relationships slightly differently and it doesn't always work out as well as you'd hope. So I'm glad that, you know, that is something that we had, but I can completely see what you're talking about and I would love to see that. Um even Especially if it was a mini series.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Min- yeah, totally. yeah,
0: even if it was just a mini series where, you know, it was just kind of reestablishing the status quo of the G C P D in a way where, you know, you can have the, you can focus on these other characters within the GCPD and have them interact with other members of the Bat family and things like that. It would be perfect and make complete sense. And I'm hoping something does happen, but, you know, I, I've hoped for a lot of things and I'm just getting some, I'm just starting to get something that I have hoped for for a while. So, Bring the bat family back together and then we'll go from there.
1: Um, the only thing I wanted to touch on before we raided it and got out of this one was, what'd you guys think of the new suit? You know, I don't, I, I thought I was actually going to have some issues with it,
0: but overall, I, 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 really don't. I mean, like, I, at first glance, I wasn't a huge thrill. I wasn't thrilled with the yellow piping on the costume. Um, but the more I looked at it, the more it kind of, it worked, you know, and I was okay with it. Um, yeah, I mean, like, overall, not, 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 uh, you know. I don't have any problems. I'm not going to say like it's, it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen because I, I don't think it is. But it it works. It's 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 a new version, and you know I'm glad that it's not too outside the box. So I'm for it.
2: You know what I like best about it is that it's a perfect marrying of the old Batman. Well, well, I guess you know the the new 52 brand Batman and. Jim Gordon's bat suit, which I absolutely loved. You know, not the robobat, but once he got out of it. And I think it's good to to show that you know number one this is a new Bruce Wayne yes he got his memories back but even Alfred was saying that you know that revitalized you so you're the best Batman you've ever been because you don't have aches and pains anymore uh, <laughs> so yeah. he's new but also it's not like saying this time with Jim Gordon in the bat suit is worthless because I think that yellow piping as you said I think it's very reminiscent of that old suit so I think it's great that we're still keeping that in the history and that Jim Gordon did did in fact have an impact on the Batman cowl. So I, I love it and I love that it's different.
1: Yeah, I liked it too. It, it reminded me kind of um, a little bit like some of the one that we saw in Batman Incorporated, you know, mm, yeah, that, that, that kind of grayish look. I thought it looked good. and I liked the fact that the way Capullo used it with the, in some of the, sh- the scenes where Batman's in shadow using the yellow as like an accent. Um, yeah. So I, th- I thought it was good. it it's definitely new, but it's not one where a hardcore Batman fan who doesn't like change, <clears throat> like Dustin, um would, would be, you know, angry about its, its look, but, uh, I, I like it. Now, it'll be interesting to see how people besides Cap draw it, because I think he did great with it, but yeah, that's good.
0: Alright, so with that, Batman number 50, I'm gonna give this one a total of four out of five.
1: Four and a half out of five.
2: Four and a half out of five. And
0: over on the website, Corbin gave it four and a half, so it's gonna give. Batman number 50, a total of four and a half out of five. All right, that's going to bring us straight into Batman and Robin Eternal. All right, Batman and Robin Eternal, number 24, starting off. Uh, this script is by Steve Orlando, art by Alvaro Martinez. Uh, this issue starts off with Dick Grayson approaching the icy fortress of Mother. Uh, meanwhile, we have a splash page of a variety of the Bat family all across the world, uh, just running down who's who and where are they at. Jim Gordon's Batman and Duke Thomas Robin is in Gotham. Damien and Goliath are in London. Red Hood is in Toronto. Red Robin is in Moscow. Batwoman is in uh, Dubai. Batgirl is in Paris. Helena Bertinelli and other Spiral agents are in Bologna. Uh, Black Canary is in Mexico City. Katana is in Kuala Lumpur. Talon is in Shanghai, Catwoman is in Sydney, and there's other Spiral agents in Tokyo. Um, all the teams are holding their own except for in Tokyo where the school children are killing Spiral agents left and right. Uh, Midnighter has geared up inside of his uniform, um, but he continues to run Sitrep from his headquarters. Uh, we see that uh, Tim Drake and Jason Todd are both using the uh, Midnighter's portal doors to their benefits, uh, they're learning, they're just basically learning how to really take out these kids in in very unique ways, utilizing the doors. Uh, meanwhile, at the Arctic Circle, we see that Harper Rowe has been uh, given a nice comfy bed. Mother brings her some sort of hot chocolate and says, oh, you know, everything's good here. You are one of my children, blah, blah, blah. She turns on a screen and shows all of the fights happening all across the uh, the world. Uh, the, uh, anyway, so then, uh, we, we see her say everything is necessary. Um, you know, this is the world that we live in. Um, we then see, um, a bunch of fighter jets take off or not fighter jets, some sort of planes take out, take off from the, uh, from the headquarters of mother, uh, Dick Grayson, who's on his snowmobile. He says, okay, um, attention, everybody, we've got air support coming in. Um, as that happens, another plane approaches and Asriel appears, um, Asriel and Dick Grayson start fighting back and forth. Uh, meanwhile, we have Mother explain more about the orphans and the the reason behind everything. Uh, we see a number of people fighting. We, We see the Bat family fighting all across the world yet again on another page. Um, we see that, uh, Midnighter has decided that, uh, Stephanie Brown is the best person to send to Tokyo since the orphans are taking out the spiral agents, um, and uh, she needs to go there and basically rescue Tokyo um, instead of Midnighter himself, which I thought was kind of interesting, but there's a nice little sequence of her easily taking down an orphan, um, explaining that strength isn't everything, and uh, she's utilizing her skills that she was taught from Catwoman and uh, the other characters in the pages of Catwoman. Um, we then see Mother lead Harper Rowe, um, into a room where Cassandra Kane is, is, uh, harnessed up and strapped to some sort of rope from hanging from the ceiling. And she gives her a nice little giant knife slash sword thing and says, okay, it's time to make your life your own. Cut ties. Next up, deep cuts. So then we get into issue number 25, uh, which is also written by Steve Orlando. This time the art is done by Javier Pina and Goran Suzuka. Uh, this time we see, uh, Midnighter telling everybody, uh, that crane scarecrow that is, uh, still needs some time to, uh, finish the toxin. Um, but it doesn't look good as, uh, the team is starting to struggle with their various areas across the world. As this is all happening, we see Dick Grayson fighting with Azrael. Azrael is there to kill mother, but Dick Grayson says, nope, you can't kill mother. It's a bad idea. Um, he says, no, she took my life and I'm going to take her life. Dick explains, nope, no one dies. The reality of it is if you kill, you're doing exactly what she wants. Uh, so she wins if you kill. He explains, okay, fine. So how exactly am I supposed to do this if that's not it? Uh, we then see Harper explain to Mother that there's no way that she could kill Cassandra. She is not that type of person. Uh, she Mother is kind of uh, upset about this. She then explains... Uh, she has footage, actually, of uh, Cassandra killing Harper's mother and says, nope, this is exactly what needs to happen. Meanwhile, Cassandra's very sad about the entire situation. Uh, we then see uh, Crane has finished the fear toxin, or the toxin gas that they need to use. Uh, Midnighter radio is in the Cullen to explain to everybody exactly what they need to do. They start using the uh, teleporting doors to actually teleport all of the orphans into one very specific location. And this location is where Midnighter is. So Midnighter can fight them all and basically incapacitate every single one of them. Meanwhile, Stephanie has used the door to get to the top of the tower in Tokyo. And she realizes that she needs to disarm all of the receivers all across the world. They all start taking out the receivers. And then we see the fear toxin get transported in through the teleporting doors uh, they all start masking up and releasing the fear toxin to basically make the children of the world no longer murderous little brats. We then see that everything is failing. Mother is pretty pissed about all this. She destroys the screen. She then says, well, that's okay. I'm going to go into the secondary receiving towers, uh, and she's going to launch this from some satellites. Uh, when this is all happening, we, find, we see that Dick Grayson is climbing up the icy fortress. He arrives at the top and says... Uh, time for me to step in and stop all of this. Next up, the final round. So then we jump over to the final issue, number 26. And issue 26, this one is done by James Tinian with art by Scott Eaton, Carlo Pagualin, Igor Vitorno, and Geraldo Borges. Uh, this issue starts off with what appears to be a flashback from years ago where we see Miranda Rowe, who happens to work at a bank, Uh, she took her daughter to work, uh, but she needs to get her to school. Um, her, uh, we then see that, uh, they, they exchange some, some interesting little things between the two of them talking about how, uh, everything is meant to, you know, everything Harper is meant to be whoever she's supposed to be. And her mother would never want her to change that. Uh, we then see that, uh, Dick is telling Harper, listen, don't kill Cassandra, uh, it doesn't appear that Harper is actually going to kill her, but uh, Mother is taunting Dick into believing that that is what's actually going to happen. Um, we then see um, uh, Cassandra exchange some words and says, you know, just kill me, get it over with, do it. Uh, and that's not the case at all, because what ends up happening is Harper takes the the knife that was given to her by Mother, throws it into some sort of ichthys. Power cord thing, and then the uh, a, a warning sign comes across the screen saying power interruption. Everything turns red. Um, she mother tries to get the generators to back up, uh, to to get everything going to the way it's supposed to be. But uh, Cassandra decide, or not Cassandra Harper decides to go after mother. Uh, goes after her over a multitude of pages explaining, you don't know me, you don't know who I am, you don't know anything about me. The reality is that if you were a real mother, you would not want me to be a certain way. You would want me to be however I'm supposed to be. Uh, mother ends up pulling out a pistol, tries to shoot her. Cassandra jumps in the way um, and basically in the process um, gets shot in the arm. Uh, we then see that the Somnus connection has failed. Uh, mother is pretty ticked about this and she's trying to figure out how it happened. And it turned out Azrael is destroying the satellite at the icy fortress. Meanwhile, finally, all of the uh members of the bat family are ha- finally getting the upper hand across the world. Uh when all they all trance they all teleport into the actual um the icy base as well. Uh spoiler shows up, gives a giant taser gun um to Harper, and Harper's Cass and Steph decide that they're gonna start going at it. As mother basically explains that, uh, this is not how it ends. Uh, she's going to restart everything and she'll, she'll re, re, she'll readjust her plans and she'll reattack in a couple years. She sets off some sort of device, um, that reveals that, uh, her icy layer is actually sitting on top of a volcano. Don't know how that's possible, but it is in this comic. Um, and, uh, Harper it appears that she's going to go kill mother. Uh, and Dick explains, no, don't do it, don't do it. Um, as she attempts to go do it, she just basically does a bunch of uh, martial arts-type things, and uh, in the process, she actually ends up getting stabbed, but it's not by anybody that you would expect. It's by none other than David Kane, the original orphan. Um, he stabs Mother through the chest with a sword, and he apologizes to Cassandra and says, you deserved... Uh, you deserve better than me. I'm really sorry. He takes mother's body and they dive into the volcano. Uh, we then see the, all the bat family decide that they need to get out. They take the orphans, uh, out of the, uh, the fortress as well as the, the, as it can, as it starts to collapse, uh, we see that they have all gone out safely and, uh, the robins all work together to finish it. One month later, which takes place after the events of Batman number 50 and Robin Moore, Uh, this, we see, uh, Harper at the cemetery looking at her mother's gravestone. When Batman appears, uh, she explains to Batman, you could have told me. Um, he says, I didn't want you to think that you were forced into something that you needed to be. Um, she says, well, you could have at least said something when I started dressing up and actually fighting crime. Uh, she then informs Batman that somehow the Gotham Technical Institute has given her a scholarship from what appears to be the Wayne Scholarship. Um, and she's going to be attending college and hanging up the, uh, bluebird tights for the time being. Um, she says, uh, she's going to get her bachelor's and then she'll be able to find Batman. No problem. Then Cassandra appears out of a tree after, uh, Harper leaves. Batman tells her, you can find your own path. You're not, there's no need for you to stay here. You could be like Harper and, uh, you could leave and live your own life. She says, no, she wants to stay and help and she will now be called orphan, um, he says, let's get started. Meanwhile, he links up with Dick Grayson, who seems to be across town. Um, they find out that there's a bank robbery in progress when Damien, Tim, and Jason all appear and the five of them go to save the day yet again. Dealing with issue. Okay. So here, here's the thing. I, I don't want to really want to beat around the bush. I wasn't a huge fan of the way this, this one ended. <laughs> the series ended in general. Um, and I don't have a whole lot of really great things to say because it really feels like there was a couple of there was a couple too many coincidences in these last couple issues that just happened to wrap everything up. Um, the fact that Mother's base um, was is, is an ice fortress yet sits on top of a volcano I have the hardest time comprehending. Um, but on top of that, the other thing that I had a problem with is. You know, mother gets killed. Okay, fine. She gets stabbed by David Kane, but it was shown that David Kane was the the base opened up and he fell out through what appeared to be like a hole similar to in Game of Thrones, the the hole that they put people through. Oh
2: gosh, um, the sky you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, sky hole or whatever it's called. Yeah,
0: uh, that's what it appeared to be in that issue. But suddenly he didn't he didn't fall through the sky. Nothing happened. He didn't fall into the volcano that it sits on top of. He just fell into nothingness and was able to reappear in order to stab her and then dive into the volcano. Um, here, here's the, here's my main concern with this Batman Robin Eternal. You know, comparing this to Batman Eternal, which in some ways is not really what we should do because there are two different stories, but I just don't feel like there's any weight to this story. Like, yes, it was great to see all the Robins working together. It was great to see all the, you know, the Bat family and all the sidekicks and all the, partners and allies of the Bat family all working together to basically stop mother. But I really just didn't feel like the weight was there to really feel like it had any sort of effect. Yes. Mother came across as this horrible person. Yes. That's great. You know, the end all mission was basically that, you know, the, 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 the comparison between mother creating these soldiers and how Batman has his sidekicks, but they're not created by him. Like, like mother creates her you know orphans so there's there's obviously some comparisons that you can draw and things like that i just don't feel like the overall weight of the story really had any sort of significance nothing happens in the story where at the end of the story anything actually changes and i thought it was really super as much as i love editor's notes i really find it annoying when editor's note says hey this takes place after these other events But these other events don't have any sort of impact on this at all.
1: Um, don't overthink it. That's what they're saying, by the way.
0: Yeah. I, I, that's, yeah. Okay. Fine. That's exactly what they're saying. But like, in my mind, I'm just sitting here thinking, if you look at Robin War, there's no sort of like, they all want to work together like they are doing here in the pages of this story. Yet Robin War, they're split down the middle, you know, during the Robin War as to what side of the fence they are on when it comes to, you know what's happening in Robin Ward. So for me, it just comes across as a weird way of wrapping it up so perfectly. You know, I don't have an issue with some of the other things that happen, like Harper deciding she's going to hang up the the tights for a while. Cassandra taking the name of Orphan, I can chalk that up to well, she can't be that girl in this storyline. That doesn't make any sense. Um, so I guess I yeah you know, I don't want to sit here and dwell on this for forever because there is a lot of like nitpick things here and there but like what was your guys's feel on the story do you feel like it had weight do you feel like it ended in a way where you feel like you know spent 26
1: issues for a reason no short answer um uh, no not really i mean i'm glad Cass is back you know i think i think that if you ask me in five years but batman and robin eternal i think the only response i'll have is oh yeah it's when Cass came back you know like the story was kind of unremarkable. The fact that at the end we do it very much. Okay. Read this. And then Robin war happened. And then, I don't know the whole thing just kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know what the point of this book was. You don't need a 26 issue story to bring Cass back. So that wasn't necessary. Um, this, this suit, this whole story kind of feels like, a, a hollow suit to me. So I am, I am, uh, I'm glad it's over. Mm. Um, To be quite honest.
2: Yeah, as I, you know, as I was reading the last page, it's funny you bring this topic up because I was sort of reflecting on how far it came and and comparing it to the, the previous one, where I, I think you're absolutely right, Dustin, that they're two different stories, so it's unfair to compare them, but I think the storytelling we can certainly compare, and I felt like there were so, there were different mysteries that, you know, built up, and, and some turned out okay, and some didn't, you know, in the previous iteration, but I felt like, you know, the stakes were pretty high. Like, it was clearly going to affect some things. And we were all wondering, like, everything was pretty mysterious. But once the mother was, like, everything seemed pretty out in the open, I would say, halfway through this series. And you were just almost waiting for it to go. Um, Well, to finish, I mean. I, I think the greatest mystery was about Batman, right? We're coming in, like, he betrayed us, he did something terrible, and you're wondering what this is. And then it turned out to be, like, really, not that bad. Like, he made a mistake. But it's not like he, he killed anybody, or, you know, his whole history was changed. And I think that was that was sort of the... It was, it was a bummer that that didn't change anything. Not necessarily that I want Batman to kill anyone. We're not in the Batman vs. Superman universe. But...
0: Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. she went there she went there <laughs> um,
2: that was, throw that you know, one in uh, but you know I kind of wanted it to you know affect something however you know on the other hand I am one of the people who complains that after every event the Batman and his family relationship always seems to change and like they break up and then they come back together and then they break up and come back together but, you know, the mother, I, I think that was really unclear as to why, you know, we debated, we talked about why did she turn, why did she decide to make orphans of other people? And she even in her backstory talks about, you know, she got vengeance for them, but she, she pitied those people, but still there's no connection of like you know, vengeance versus you're doing the same thing that happened to you. Like, it's all seemed very scattered. Um, So I I don't think there were any stakes necessarily, except potentially having one person of the group be like a mole or a seed, which would have been really interesting to be like, ha ha ha, this person has been among you all along and she's actually evil. But it, it didn't turn out that way. Um, which is either good or bad, depending on how shocking you want the story. Um, and, you know, really the best part of it is that we had so many characters come together for the duration of the of the story, brought back people that we really liked, a.k.a. Cass Kane, and now, you know, made them a part of the universe. But some really weird things happened that don't make sense, um, like uh, David King somehow surviving his throat being slashed. Uh, and Asriel, I think, was the, the biggest bummer because that had a like the character has such potential but but they didn't do too well so not many stakes and it didn't turn out as well and it's funny because we were so hopeful right we thought oh it's going to be half of the amount of issues as the other ones so it should be much better but i think overall it, it wasn't as good as the previous one
0: i think hands down it wasn't nearly i don't think it was as good as the other one and i think the problem is like even with the other one being longer than we would have wished it was long, you know, it was longer than we wanted it to be um, in the end because of how many, how much filler there really felt like there was. But like this one, even being half the size, it still feels like there was stuff that they could have cut out. They didn't necessarily need to have it. Have it, um, you know. I think they did a better job as a whole, you know, between the logistics of this one compared to the last one, but I still think the art stuff left a lot to be desired when it comes to the art. Uh, Tony Daniel ended up doing three issues and the preview issue out of the entire one. He was the artist that they advertised as the main artist connected to the series. So there was some, there's a problem with that. Um, but outside of that, the, I guess the last thing I want to talk about is in general, uh, just This is not ratings for the individual issues, but if you had to rate the entire series, what would you give this entire series compared to the previous series?
1: I think I would probably give Eternal One now, kind of looking back on it, like three out of five. Um, Eternal One was good at the end, good at the beginning, and messy in the middle. Eternal wasn't the first comic book story, or novel for that matter, that – was good and had a good start and a good end and got messy in the middle. So I can forgive eternal. It got to where it needed to. And at the end, it told a, a decent story. My only real downgrade there is what happens in the middle. Uh, I think that this one, um, it started off okay, but then it just went to hell in a handbasket. This is borderline nonsense by the time it's all said and done. Um, I would give this overall like a one and a half, probably. I mean, to me, it was the last couple of months was if we weren't doing it for this show, I don't think I would have read it anymore. I mean, and that's when the story's lost you, when you literally don't care what happens next. So, yeah, I would say maybe, maybe three and a half for Eternal, looking back on it. Um, I have pretty fond memories. I do remember there was somebody in the middle and this supernatural plot from the first one got a lot of whack, but uh, this one just wasn't very good by the end.
2: Yeah. I would say eternal uh, was probably a 3.5. Um, and I think that it's a supernatural element. It was always that one and just yeah. going months potentially or issues at a time losing track of stories, which was an issue. And I think, overall well yeah you know I think mostly because everything was so tied together that this eternal volume 2 did a, a better job of that um, though you know some of the team ups that I guess took the place of that but this one um, story wise and, and bringing in characters and, and not dealing with them well I would say uh, 2.5 to three
0: well for the first one I you know the one thing I I you know, was very adamant about enjoying out of the first volume was I enjoyed the inclusion of so many of the Bat Family characters because at the time there that wasn't happening in any other books. So to have Batman Eternal actually bring a lot of these characters together and have them interacting when we weren't seeing that happen in any of the titles. I mean, occasionally you'd see like Dick Grayson pop up in Batgirl or you'd see, uh, you know, Red Hood pop up in Teen Titans or whatever, like, it happened occasionally, but it didn't happen very often, and that's because of what was happening with Death of the Family, um, and, you know, what Snyder was doing in his book, um, so Eternal for me was, it was great because I was seeing all those characters, and that's the kind of stuff I love, you know, I love No Man's Land, you know, I love seeing so many of the characters from the universe interacting with each other. It's one of the things that, like, I love about the Batman universe is that the universe itself is so, like, thick with, you know, characters that, it, you know, you could, you, you could spend days and, or not days, but months and months and months telling stories about the variety of characters within the universe without having to tell the same story or a story about the same character over and over again. So with Eternal, the first volume, I love that aspect. I had issues with the Supernatural stuff, too, just because I felt like it was too off the wall. And they probably could have just done Supernatural, just not as off the wall as they chose to go. Um, but they also included a ridiculous amount of classic villains. Uh, some of them making appearances for the first time within the New 52. So, like, I really enjoyed the first volume, Um but I guess not as much as you guys because I would only give it about three because I felt like there was still a lot to be desired from what they, what they put out. Uh, this time around with this eternal, like, yes, I, I understand the initial announcements, you know, when they announced this back at Comic Con last year, it was supposed to be a celebration of the Robins, you know, and to a degree, you know, Tim, Jason, and Dick interacted well with each other for the good majority of the series. Um, you know, there was times where the characterization didn't make a whole lot of sense. Still, don't have any sort of resolution as to why Tim Drake has his parents held up in some place, and he knows all about it, and they never really, you know, wrapped that part of it up.
1: I think Rebirth's is um, going to take care of that.
0: Uh, I'm hoping <laughs> they just re, you know, basically like Tim Drake, New Fifty Two, poof, you're gone. Um, but uh, but, but the the basic gist is like. Damien appeared towards the end. Okay, like his interactions, they worked well. I don't know why they needed to hold him back from being in the series for so long. Um, but, you know, as a celebration of the Robins, it was great to have a lot of the, the, the Robins working together, but I felt like they left out a lot of other characters that probably should have still been involved in some way. Um, in some way because Batman wasn't, you know, a huge focus of this story. I felt like the family probably should have been a little bit more of a focus than even the previous volume, but it, it, it wasn't. It was really just focused on a very select group of characters rather than, you know, everybody. And then they just decided to, at the very end, slam everybody in at once. Um, all of that being said, um, I did not enjoy this, this one. I didn't feel like it had the weight. The payoff at the end did not feel like it was. Really something to really look forward to after 26 issues. Um, so for this one, I'm only going to, for the series, for volume two, I'm only going to give about two. Um, the plus side is I don't see another volume of Eternal as much. You know, I can remember distinctly us talking about, do we want to see a second volume of Eternal um, after the first volume ended? And we said, yes, you know, it'd be great to see a second volume. You know, what do we want to see? And we talked about, oh, it would be nice if they went bi-weekly or cut the number of issues and, And they did some of those things, but I think the problem is that, like, I don't think they they did everything that they really set out to do, one. And the other part of it is, I don't see it happening again, as well as the book does sell. I don't see it happening in, you know, as an overall thing, because with a lot of all these books going, you know, twice a month, starting in June, or a lot of the books, a lot of the books, I should say, starting twice a month in June, it's not. I don't see it, another eternal ever happening anytime in the near future. So
1: I don't think we need it with the direction the detectives going either. Like I think we have the team book now. So yeah, I,
0: d- I don't. Yeah, I don't think we needed to. And, and to a degree, I'm interested to see how James Tenyen does a story by himself without. And I, and I hate to say this because I enjoyed some of these story arcs, but the interference from the other writers. Um. Yes, it was his story. He was the head writer in the writer's room per se of all of these writers who are on Eternal, but they're still telling aspects of the story that he might have told differently. Um, and that's the big thing. So I'm interested to see what he can do on Detective Comics with all of these characters. We know that he can tell stories with a lot of characters uh, coming out of Eternal, so I'm looking forward to that. So running down the list of Eternal, uh, Eternal number 24, I'm going to give 3 out of 5.
1: 2 out of 5.
2: Uh, I'll agree and say 3 out of 5.
0: And over on the website, Ian gave it 3.5, so that's going to give Eternal 24 a total of 3 out of 5. Uh, 25, I'm also going to give 3. 2. Uh, 2.5. And, and Ian gave it 3.5, so that's going to give Eternal number 25 a total of 2.5. And then, finally, issue number 26, remember just the single issue, not the series itself, I'm going to give a total of three and a half.
1: Hmm, that's quite a bump. I'll I'll take it up to two and a half.
2: Three and a half.
0: And over on the website, Ian gave it four, so that's going to give Eternal 26 a total of three and a half out of five. So that is all of our in-depth reviews. Let's move over into our Greater Gotham. We have a, a huge line of books to go through. So first up, uh, on March 16th, we have Robin, son of Batman, number 10. Damien heads to Al Ghul Island to deal with an intruder while Maya is kidnapped by Talia Al Ghul, who believes that Maya has betrayed her son. This one was reviewed by Ryan. He gave it three and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral. Neutral.
2: Neutral.
0: Next, Poison Ivy, cycle of life and death, number three. A dangerous and mysterious creature is killing off scientists at the Gotham Botanical Garden, and Poison Ivy is in the thick of the drama. This one was reviewed by Jerry. He gave it three and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up.
2: Thumbs up. Thumbs up.
0: Titans Hunt number six. The connection from the Titans to Mr. Twister is revealed, and we see the continuing fight of Nightwing, Donna Troy, and Garth with Mammoth, who is Twister's beast. This one was reviewed by Jim. He gave it four and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up.
1: Neutral.
2: I've not read this to uh, spare myself the pain, so I'll give it a neutral.
0: And then fine. Uh, next we have Injustice Gods Among Us, year five, number six. Bizarro, with some help from the trickster, is still trying to figure out his place in the world and decides to go rescue Hawkgirl from Solomon Grundy. During an all-out brawl on the highway, Superman comes face-to-face with his grammatically challenged clone. This one was viewed by Bill. He gave it three out of five. I'm gonna give this one a neutral. 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 And the DC Universe Spotlight book uh that we had for March 16th was Black Canary number nine. We flash back to the more simple days of the band as they get a gig to play in front of some of Gotham's worst criminals. So then moving over to March 23rd, we have, for TBU Books, we have Grayson number 18, Dick and Tiger attempt to save Helena from an attack, but Helena ends up getting injured and her body becomes the new host body for Auto Nets. This one was reviewed by Corbin. He gave it three out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral. 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 We are Robin number 10. As the violence of Smiley and his gang rises, the Robin movement begins to grow again and our main Robins may have to put on their masks again to help take down the Jokers. This one was reviewed by Bill. He gave it a total of three and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Harley Quinn, number 26. Harley returns to Coney Island after breaking Mason out of jail. She has no idea what new adventures await her in the safe confines of her home. This one was reviewed by Jerry. He gave it three and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral.
2: Thumbs up. Neutral.
0: Teen Titans number 18, the story into Wonder Wonder Girl's past continues. Red Robin and Wonder Woman track the Titans and Cassandra to Greece, where the true intentions of Cassandra and Wonder Girl's lineage is revealed. This one was reviewed by Jim. He gave it three and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one thumbs down. Neutral.
2: Neutral.
0: And then the DC Universe books for this specific week include Suicide Squad Most Wanted, Deadshot Catana number three, over on the Deadshot side of the issue, the Suicide Squad engages Floyd. Floyd is critically wounded, and the character Evans becomes a new Deadshot. In the Katana story, she and the Suicide Squad join forces to fight Cobra, but their attempt to escape, they come face-to-face with King Cobra. Uh, then we had Secret Six, number 12. The Six go against Lady Shiva as they battle to keep Strix out of the hands of the League of Assassins. Also, Dibny is reunited with an old flame and gets a new change of clothes. Justice League 3001, number 10, Supergirl goes on a killing spree before running into a self-proclaimed deity. Deity, uh, Wonder Woman gets possessed and the Justice League runs into an old friends and new enemies in the very, in the latest odd issue. Uh, Deathstroke number 16, Deathstroke fights Red Hood and cops and Red Hood again as he travels the country to find his kidnapped daughter in the latest violent issue. And then finally we moving over to the last Wednesday of the month, March 30th. Uh, only one book, Justice League of America, number 8. Superman, Aquaman, and One Woman attack Rao with the, in- with the intent to buy time for Batman to arrive with Parasite. Although the team takes down Rao, it ultimately costs Superman his life. This one was reviewed by Tyler. He gave it 2.5 out of 5. I'm going to give this one a neutral. Thumbs up. Neutral. Right. So that is all of our books for Greater Gotham. Be sure to check out all of those reviews over on the website. There are tons of reviews, like I say, every single time that posted up on the website, uh, every single week. So be sure to check those out. Uh, also, if you are interested in reviewing comics, we're starting, we're going to be starting to set up our schedule for rebirth. So if you are interested in any of those rebirth titles, and want to get in on the ground floor with the DC, or with the TBU books for DC Rebirth, uh, be sure to send us an email at tbu at thebamanivers.net. With that, we're going to get straight into our bat signal. Uh, so very first thing, after a humongous number of uh, comments on episode 183, 184 had zero comments. I don't know. <laughs> we let
2: them down. We it happens down. every. T-
0: it happens every time we get what one do we do? episode a month. We get a- we get one episode per month that has a ridiculous amount of comments, and then we have one that has zero. Um, but we did have uh, from our episode 185, which was our special uh, related to DC Rebirth, that Ed and I did. Uh, We do have a couple comments. So first up, Evan says, I'm finally excited about Rebirth. After following the books through this podcast and written reviews, I will actually be reading Detective Comics Monthly as long as it's good. From looking closely at the image of Tim on the cover, he's still going by Red Robin. There are two R's, but just the fact that he's working with Bruce, something he hasn't done, hasn't really done for five years, is exciting. Question though, as this is not a reboot as far as origins go, Which origin story do you think they will be referencing for Tim, if they are to reference one at all? Uh, the choices obviously would be A, Lonely Place of Dying, B, Terrible Scott Lobdell Origin Number One and Teen Titans Number Zero, or C, Terrible Scott Lobdell Origin Number Two and Secret Origins Number Three. Um, I think, I don't think there's a question. I think all of us would choose choice A, Lonely Place of Dying, as that is the only origin in my mind that should exist. That, Tim Drake.
1: This is one of the ones that I, I do hope rebirth seriously. There's not an option here. It's just go back to the one that's awesome and, and dump the 2 that They're terrible.
0: I I, I know that the reason why Evan you pointed out the he's still going by Red Robin is because when I initially saw the uh, the his costume, I immediately said always oh, going back to being Robin.
1: Yeah, I didn't catch I the second R either.
0: I didn't. Yeah, I didn't catch the second R because I wasn't looking at the uh, image that close. Also, because the image hadn't been released yet, so that's the other issue. Next up, Michael says, "What's missing is Alfred's hand." And then Evan replied, "Alfred's hand rebirth number one coming April first, 2016."
1: Don't don't uh, joke about stuff like that. That's that that'll, that'll be a special. The Dio will write it.
0: I don't. You know, we don't know anything about how. Alfred's going to potentially get his hand back or not get his hand back. But Magic. At that. Um, next, Ian said, very nice commentary. I'm pretty excited for all the Batman Universe titles and Wonder Woman. I think We're all in agreement with those. Yeah. Uh The Wonder Woman thing, I think I I am tempted to actually start reading Wonder Woman. I'm going Knowing what, yeah. that, one, Greg Rucka is going to be on it, but, two, I feel like I'm there's going to be a lot more focus on Wonder Woman now that, uh, honestly, Wonder Woman was a huge... Success in my mind for the Batman vs Superman movie. So I'm glad that they're, they're putting a lot of focus on the title. Not that they haven't in the past because I think Azarello did a good job uh, from what I've read and stuff like that. But, um, it's good to see that they're still, you know, putting effort on that book as well.
1: Well, and and Rucka, dude, Rucka on Wonder Woman. You kidding me? You got to read it. You know there's no way that Rucka comes back to DC and does Rucka, then does Wonder Woman. It's bad. No chance. Very true.
0: All right. And finally, Doug says, another great podcast, although I miss Stella. It appears that Tim Drake is going to still be Red Robin after Rebirth. Why do you all think that he's going back to the standard Robin color, color scheme? Second, I like what the creative team is going to be doing on Wonder Woman with one issue a month being a current continuity story and the other issue being a year one. I personally think it would be interesting if the other twice monthly books did a similar thing, maybe one issue a month being a continuity story and the other one being a year one or even an elsewhere story. Your thoughts? Lastly, I noticed Brian Azzarello was absent from any creative teams that were announced. Is he done with DC following dark Knight three, or do you think he might be on one of those unannounced or be part of one of those unannounced creative teams? Again, great podcast and keep up the good work. Well, as far as uh, Red Robin, I think the reason they're going back to the old color scheme is because I don't really think the costume that, the, that Tim has in the new 52 has ever really, been, has ever really worked. It looks ridiculous. It, it, was kind of a, it was just basically like, what can we do that's different? They did it. It doesn't serve any sort of purpose, so why not get him back to the classic outf- or color scheme? That's, that's
1: my opinion. He, he looks like an ostrich in the new costume. It's stupid. And, oh, gosh.
2: <laughs> Sorry.
1: Sorry, I was a little, a little Wait it does. It looks ridiculous, doesn't it? I mean,
0: as far as the, you know, the One Roman issue, I, I kind of talked about this a little bit earlier about, you know, what to do. Um, The other thing, the other option I see as, you know, I don't know that it would be a good idea to have an elseworld story that's not part of the continuity. Year one is still a continuity, still part of the continuity. It's just telling a story from a different time. So th- there's a difference there. Like I said, I don't know how they're going to break up a lot of these issues because I feel like at least coming from Batman eternal and seeing the art problems that that series has had, I feel like we're going to run into issues where, you know, I see that some of the art styles, some of the artists they've paired together, the art kind of flows together. I don't see David Finch, Mikel Janin's art flowing, you know, simultaneously at all. So I have a hard time comprehending how that's going to work out. Um, but at the same time, um, Elseworld stories, I don't think would work. If it was a, a, a story set in the past, I think it would work. Another option would be, you know, and I'm not saying they have to do this right away because I know they have a direction for Detective Comics right now, but knowing that this is the book that's focusing on basically the Bat family. Um, getting back to kind of like the 1970s Detective Comics issues where they told a bunch of stories from the Bat family. I think it would be cool if they got to the point where like if they had issues with the art breaking up, kind of like what they're doing in Gotham Academy right now with the yearbook stories where there's a couple stories per issue done by different artists. I think that Detective Comics, it could work if they told different stories by different or from different, the same writer it could be, but different artists are doing the art For, like, you know, here's a story about Batgirl. Here's a story about Alfred. Here's a story about Batwoman. Here's a story about, you know, spoiler. Like, I think that could be a cool way to do it, too, since a lot of those characters that are being teamed up in that book are not going to be appearing in any other book. The other reason I think is, getting back to Tim Drake for a second, Tim Drake appearing in this book. You notice he's not in any other book though. So if he gets cut out of this book, he will not have a book anymore. That's he's not true. In Teen Titans anymore. He won't be part of Titans. And he's not Batman so if, Beyond anymore. Yeah. So it, he won't be in any book if he gets cut out of this book.
1: Well, that's easy enough to fix. Don't cut him out of the book.
0: <laughs> exactly. And I don't see, I don't see Tingin cutting him out of the book anyway. Um, especially if he gets him back to not be, you know, being more of that classic Tim Drake rather than the new 52 jerk face Tim Drake that he's been. So with that. That is everything as far as listener Q and A's. I want to implore you to head over to the website and leave your comments for this episode. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, and obviously, from the time you listen to this, you have about a week to leave your comments. So I implore you to leave your comments over on the website in the comment section for the podcast post. I also implore you to check out all the other news that we have related to movies, TV, merchandise, video games, and of course the comics. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. For all the latest news and videos from the batman universe also i implore you to leave reviews on itunes those are always greatly appreciated and be sure to check out all of our other podcasts that we have to offer on the batman universe There's a new podcast posting every week, including next week we have a new episode from Backward Oracle, which features…
2: Yeah, I've been promoting for maybe two or three months now that this this minority report was going to happen, and just an in-depth and detailed discussion on how well, quote-unquote, minorities are being presented and represented in the different forms of media that we pay attention to, like TV, film and comics of course because we we love those and it's finally been recorded I even have a call-in show where actual authentic people come in and give their perspective because Donovan and I who co-host can only speak on behalf of two different groups so we want to hear from, from people like you out there and so it's finally been recorded so I really think that this is potentially one of the most important episodes that BTO will put out there because it's real life and it's affecting us all and we really need to make it happen and push it forward. So look for that to uh, come out uh, within the next two weeks.
0: All right. So with that, I have just remind or been reminded in the back of my mind that I said we're going to be back in two weeks. That's actually incorrect. We will not be back in two weeks. We are actually going to be taking these next two months and spacing out the comic cast just for the sake of giving ourselves a little bit of a break. And the mm-hmm. fact the majority of the news related to Rebirth has already been announced. That we know, you know, everything that we know is coming is coming. Uh, and we no longer have Eternal. so we're gonna we're gonna be covering Detective Comics, Dark Knight uh, Three, and Batman, of course, for the next two months uh, leading up into Rebirth, which will start with Detective Comics and Batman. As of right now, just as a heads up, what we'll be covering on the Comic Cast. Starting in June will be Just Detective Comics and Batman. We'll still be doing our Greater Gotham, covering all the other titles that are coming out related to the Batman universe. But those are the titles that we will be covering as of June on the comic cast until All-Star Batman comes out. Uh, we'll still cover Dark Knight 3, but once All-Star Batman comes out, that'll be a total of about three, three books per episode, which is about what we're doing right now with Eternal. So, um, that's what will be happening. But in the meantime, because there's no longer Eternal and we know Rebirth now, we'll actually, the next time you hear from us will be the first Friday of May is when you'll hear us the next time. So you'll have plenty of time to leave your comments, uh, given that we don't have a ridiculous amount of news that actually occurs between now and then, which is very doubtful that it'll actually occur. Uh, we'll have plenty of time for discussions. We'll talk about sales numbers for March, obviously, at that point. So you'll hear us. We'll, we'll be back again in four weeks. Um, and then once we get back, once rebirth kicks off in June, we'll go back to our twice per week or twice per month, I should say, uh, episode.
1: Twice a week. Uh, We're man. stepping up our game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Twi- twice a week. Yeah. We'll be coming out twice a month as, as we have been for so, such, such a long period of time, but that is what will be occurring, uh, at least in in uh, April and May. So I, I, I apologize because I'm sure some of you would wish that we continue to do this, but if we only have one issue to cover over the course of two weeks, there's not a whole lot for us to do. So better to have one hefty episode than uh, two really small, short, short episodes. So with that, we will see you guys in about four weeks, and I implore you in the meantime to leave your comments and discussion points on the website. So with that, that is everything for this episode. This is Dustin. This is Ed. And this is Rochelle. And you have been listening to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. We'll see you guys next time.